Blog Talk Radio. This is not working. Hmm. There we go. Okay, not sure why it wasn't working. Gotta love Blog Talk Radio. Tell you something. 
where sports and politics co-mingle is not a good thing because what happens is the sport is used for an agenda pusher, and I'm talking about Donald Trump. That's right, folks. We normally don't talk about that punk. I mean that the president on this show because there's no need. We talk sports. However, when they intermingle the way that they did in this case, of course, I got something to say about it. And my very simple idea on this is because of everything else going outside of sports. Example, canceling the Democratic uh, trip to wherever the hell it was to do whatever the hell they were going to do. I'm all for. Folks, I, I, I got to give Donnie a little credit. I'm all for this, okay? We don't do that. We're not going to take the funds and the monies and everything else and, and do that. I, hey, I'm on Donnie's side here, guys. But here's one thing that I look at. And, and again, folks, I could be wrong. But when these people are invited to the White House, which the national champions were invited to the White House, I say, damn it, invite them. Don't do what Donald Trump did, which was to use the opportunity to push an agenda about how the government's not open. And in turn, in my in my view, now granted, I'm not a I'm not a Donald Trump fan. If you know me at all, I'm not. But if you're going to invite someone to the White House, invite them, or don't invite them. Say, listen, we're in the close down. We're not going to do this. Um, I, I'm sorry, but this is just what's best for our country, as we don't need any unnecessary spending. I would have respected 100% of that, and, and I'd be on Donnie's side, just like I'm on Donnie's side about the Democrats willing to do what they're going to go do, some summit in a different country using military planes, and he said no to it. I'm all for it all day long. But when he put himself out there, guys, to make this a political point, is that. Now, that having been said, of course, that's the name of this show. This didn't happen. And, again, I don't know why we invite them, but we do, so I can't say anything about that. Frankly, I don't think any of them need to go to the White House. Frankly, I don't think that my tax dollars should have to pay for a trip of multimillionaires to go to the White House, and we have to spend all this money to do it. Now, I don't know how much money to spend. I don't care, but I just don't like it. I would have respected Don saying, listen, we can't do this. But, what, but if you're going to do it, if you're going to do it right, yeah, and I know the government shut down here, guys. I'm not blind to the fact. But I'm going to tell you straight out, it shouldn't have happened. And what he did is he saw an opportunistic time to open it up and embarrass himself even more than he does on a daily basis, which he's very good at, by the way. I have to give him credit. When he blows it, he blows it. I mean, he puts it out there. So I give it to Donald Trump for being an ass and making himself look really big and on this one. And, and folks, I will tell you, I got back backlash on this because I put this out on my board, okay? All right, Trevor Lawrence was a good man. He said, you know, he, he 
bowed to his teaching is if you don't have anything nice to say, you don't say anything at all. Okay? All right. Look, Trevor Lawrence could have got a Burger King right down the street. Okay? He could have got Wendy's or all the other stuff that was so wonderfully. By the way, have you guys ever had McDonald's fries when they're cold? Oh, my God, they're god-awful. Never mind the burgers suck. That's why you go to, you know, go to Whataburger if you're going to have one. But you know how fast the shit gets cold? I, I, and I've been reading everything. All oh, these kids loved it. The kids loved it. Listen, these kids get treated like royalty at their colleges. They ate better before they got on the plane to go to Washington to see the president. Okay, and, and I keep hearing, I don't know why we're talking about it, What's the, why are we talking about the food? Well, the food is the point. It's the hypocrisy that Donald Trump puts out, guys. It's simple. Okay, because I'm going to tell you right now, if I walked around the White House right now and I saw fast food bags in the garbage can, I would believe Donald Trump. But something tells me after he said, here, guys, eat what you want, he walked out that door, walked down the hall, sat at his desk at a, at a beautiful meal. Okay? That's what I look at. Now, if I am wrong in this situation, I will, I will gladly say I was, <laughs> I was wrong. But something tells me I'm not. And maybe it's my educated guess compared to all these other people who supposedly know better than me. But my educated guess says that Donald Trump probably had a pretty good meal that day and it had nothing to do with a frickin' Big Mac. Now, the backlash that I'm getting is I would like to have a conversation back and forth, but I'm getting backlash. And I got to put this out to my family member who decided that he didn't want to hear my opinion. That was there, but you know, we're all, we're all, everybody in the world who agrees with me, which is a lot, by the way, are ignorant. And I wrote him back and said, "Listen, you're 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 my family. You know, we have differing political views, but no way would I call you ignorant for your view." Now, Donald Trump is ignorant. And if you want to go ahead and believe me, I had a family member unfriend me. And this family member is someone I love. And this is the dumbest crap ever. But he did it. So just go ahead, do it. Because if you expect me to kiss your ass and tell you what you want to hear about Donald Trump out of more, by the way, there was a latest poll that 60% of this country think this guy's a scumbag. All right, so I'm in the majority in thinking this guy's a scumbag. So, yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed in my family, first of all, for cutting it off and taking it off because they don't want to hear my view, and they want to live by a, you know, wonderful view that they see Donald giving our country. And that's absolutely wonderful. But I'm going to put it out to my family member and also somebody that I work with. If you think that me just, you know, ripping on the the president is a lack 
of respect for the president, you might be correct. But if it's not, if I'm not allowed to criticize the guy, I think for my reasons, okay, I don't want to hear yours about how you want to kiss his ass and him be your wonderful president, okay? Because I have a, you know, I have a, I have a feeling about it. My feeling is if you look at what Donald Trump does as a president and you agree with it, you know, we're going to have to keep our opinions to ourselves because I don't want to think less of you. I really don't. So that's why political and sports don't get together. But in this case, Donald Trump used a freaking platform to push an agenda, and he made himself look stupid by trying to make a point. And, again, these kids eat better before they got on the plane to go to Washington. If you're going to invite someone to the White House, invite them or don't. And that includes giving them somewhat of a nice meal. It was the biggest joke in the world. All right. So, so that, by the way, and going back to my family member, I just want to put it out there. Fine, so be it. If you don't like what I read, because I know, because as soon as that happened, boom, boom, my friend, you know, fine. But if you if you expect me not to, and by the way, I go back. There's a couple of things that Donnie has done, and I'm in full agreement with. Is Democrats going to go do what they do? No. We're <laughs> Government, no, we can't go do that. That would be, and I agree with it. That, you know, people coming in, you know, to the country, I agree with what he's doing. I, you know, making them do, go through the right ways. That, you know, there's other things that I agree with Donald Trump on. But this one right here, man, he just got outside. I mean, the guy's wacky anyway. Okay? But I, for one, and, you know, I'm going to put it out there, and if you don't like it, don't listen to the show. Believe me, I have not lost one tear about someone who don't want to listen to my show because of my political agreement, or even for that matter, for my sports opinion. So it's out there for the guy that I work with and the family member, and I know you listen, so be it. And here's the thing. You send the friend request back, I'll click yes for it, but... Believe me, for me to ship it back to you to ask to be your friend again, I won't do it. You're a coward. And I put it out. Yeah, I said it. You're a coward. So when you got enough stones to stand on your, your convictions about it like I do without holding it against them, so you come back and send me that friend request, and we'll, we'll start all over again until then. Oh, you didn't know? Woo! Your ass better come! Now the voice for reason, the co-host of the program. <laughs> it's Cuervo. Good morning, my friend. Sorry you had to be a part and listen to that barrage. Good morning, Sonia. Thank you for stopping my ears from bleeding, uh, hearing all that <laughs> stuff. And that's not and that's not directed at you. It's directed at the topic. It's yeah. It, yeah. Can, can we please? Can, here, you want to hear my take on it, Sonny? It's, yeah, it's bring it. Three, I, I want three. to hear it because, I, by the way, and folks that don't know, my fine co-host protects this country as he is a, a military man. He is a Marine. He's a lifer, guys. He's been on this show, by the way, close to eight years, by the way, since we're going on 10 years. He's been on the show for eight, which, by the way, has been a massive upgrade in the show. <laughs> um, but that, but he, and just so people know where he's coming from and what he does. Go ahead there, Cuervo. 
Look, and, and I have the utmost respect for my commander-in-chief because, well, I have to. But um, three simple words, Sonny, to describe my, my thoughts on this whole, oh, my God, he fed the Clemson the football team, you know, Big Macs and chicken nuggets. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Who the hell cares? Are, are you mad because he didn't bring you some you make McDonald's or, or why does that why are people making such a big freaking deal about what food they ate? Look, when you win a championship in your sport, and I know not everybody is a huge fan of the president, but it's but it's it's, it's an opportunity and a privilege to go to the White House, even if it's not to meet the president, like just to say. I've been to the White House. I'm, I'm sure that's on thousands and thousands of people's bucket list, you know, in life. So go, go to the White House, right? So if for nothing, you go and, and you scratch that off your list. If you don't like the president, fine. You have every right to, to hate him, to think he's a scumbag or a genius, whatever your feeling is about him. But we're, we're seriously, we're talking about food that they ate at the White House? Who the hell cares? I don't even know why I was asked. And and I and by the way, my post wasn't something that I put out there. It's that uh-huh. I, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I don't know how many messages I got. How many messages did you get regarding this? I mean, it was a topic. Maybe it's because we do sports talk radio, and it might be that way. Okay, and we get, and finally I get sick of people asking me, so I put it out. So that's the reason right. why I did it. Um, and and that and, and and that also goes within, you know, the whole thing, uh, you know, as far as that's concerned, you know, what we do. And this, unfortunately, is when a sports thing gets there, uh, as far as the mm-hmm. mix is concerned, and that's what we got here. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you the 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 amount of messages that I got on this thing, Sonny, are the same amount of NBA championships, Super Bowl rings, World Series rings, college football, baseball, national championships that I own. That's zero. I got zero oh, messages. Oh, you didn't get it? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Because Damn, it's, it's I, I, non- I wish I was in your boat then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody has, has, has asked me about it. Hey, what's your thought? This is the first time I've, I've given my thoughts in – Quite frankly, again, I, I really don't care. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, if, if they, if, if look, here, here's here's something that I haven't heard anybody say yet. If if they didn't want the food, then you don't have to eat it. But if you notice it, it, in the video that I saw, these guys were in line, grabbing Big Macs, chicken nuggets, whatever, smiling, laughing, like. It didn't look like they were upset. I'll tell you because, you know, I mean, I've heard, I've heard, and I've heard conflicting things about the whole situation. You know, it, they they were asked what they wanted, and that's what they said they wanted. Or, you know, it's because of the the the, the current shutdown that's going on. You don't have the employees there to actually cook actual food for them, so he had to bring in, you know, fast food. No. Could he have used a better option? Absolutely. There's subway platters. There's, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure some sort of chicken, you know, spot in the area or something that he could have, 
use. Uh, you know, so there's there's other options. I mean, and I'm, McDonald's wasn't exactly the best option. Okay, fine, I'll give you that. But but to 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 sit here and and, and say that, you know, the president's a, a scumbag and he, he's a piece of crap for for doing that. I mean. Oh no, he, he didn't have he, to get he definitely yeah. one of those for uh, all the other stuff. This just this adds to it. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, he didn't I mean, who, does he have to does he have to feed them? Does he have to feed them? Is there a well, rule? Let book me thing? ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. And and this is just a, it, it explains my it just kind of explains my side more so than anything. If you got sure. invited to the White House, I'm almost sure that you would not have expected this. Even and I'll even say it. Even during the shutdown of the government, I'm pretty sure Don probably had a wonderful meal. Notice how he didn't stay and eat with him. Um, but I've heard he's a fast food junkie. But I, I just have a feeling that it's me. I mean, if you were invited to the White House, I doubt that that would be one of the things that you would expect. And and the problem is is the timing as well. I, me personally, I don't think NBA champions, Super Bowl champions, or any other champions even need to go to the White House anyway. Okay, you know, as a country and as a taxpayer, we flip that bill uh, for that to happen now. So it, it's it's just one of those things. But if you're going to get invited to the White House, I don't think that you would have expected uh, uh, fast food. Now, granted. I'm not. I'm not saying that the president should have probably fed them. You know. You know what they feed. You know everybody that comes there. But I think, like you said, Quirkle, it may be a little bit better choice on what you were going to give them instead of making it. And and because I think the the idea, the ploy of what he was doing was using this to push an agenda. And and, and that's where I get with with Donald Trump with some people that I you know that look at me and say I'm crazy. Um, but um, it, you know, if we didn't if we didn't have the national champions and the Super Bowl champions and NBA champions going there, this wouldn't even. You're right. This wouldn't even be a topic of discussion. Right. No. But but because there was hundreds of cameras you know, there to film, you know, their little documentaries or whatever on Clemson's national championship season, and you know, it just so happens that to include that piece, whatever's going to come out is, hey, look, they're eating chicken nuggets with uh, at the at the White House. Yeah. Look, if, if if I was to go to the White House, eating something would probably be one of the last things on my mind. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. I would I exactly. would be thinking about, gee, I wonder what I'm going to have for lunch at the White House or for dinner. I'm not. I, that's not. That would not be a concern of mine. That would be Man, I think I would think about it. <laughs> I would think. I mean, I, I, more, more or less so. I hope I don't embarrass myself. You know what I'm saying? Because they have all these diplomats sure. and everybody, you know that. They, you know, I'd probably be more worried about, you know, maybe not what we had for dinner. Is make sure I don't make a fool of myself in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah, like. I would. I would be curious. Like, okay, what you know. What do they have to offer there? Not that yeah. I would want something, but it's like, what's the setup look like? You know, what's the kitchen look like? Uh, how do they store their food? Whatever. I mean, is it just like a regular house? I mean, I know it's the White House, but is it just like any other typical 
home that you have in the general public. Like I, I, I wouldn't. I'd be curious to know those things. Not have you been oh, to Joe, the White House? What, no, never. I've been to Washington D.C., but never been to the White House. No offense, you probably should have been there before any Super Bowl champion, NBA champion, or <laughs> college champion. That's just my opinion. Now bring on Baba Gazoo. This is my brother, my real brother. Baba Gazoo, good morning. Hey, I want to read you something real quick. Oh, uh, hey, wait. Do, do I have to – hold on. Before – those that don't know my brother. Do I need to make sure I have the beat button? Do I have to get ready for a mute button no, for no, you? No, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right, cool. All right, here it is. It's it's just a one-sentence thing. It says, that being said, Couch Potato Sports Show, AFC, NFC Championships. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was listening to CNN. Yeah, yeah, well, it mixed, unfortunately, and we got only two games that we can cover. So that's the reason. And plus, I had to get – Cuervo in there. So that having been said, of course, that is the name of the show. That was that was a, that was a um, what do they call it? A subliminal message to get to the damn reason why we're on the air. So let's do it. Let's get to the damn reason. And that's the game that Baba Kazoo is most interested in. And it is the first game. It is the Rams taking on the Saints. So let's do this. Let's go to Baba Kazoo because this is the time of the year that Baba Kazoo actually does get interested in what's going on. This happens to be if he if he you know had a team, it would be his team because they were St. Louis Rams where he's near and now over back to L.A. What are you looking at in this game, my man? I'm looking for a. Uh, it's going to be boring. Because the the teams are so evenly matched, it's just going to be boring. Well, be are you saying there's game. not going to be a lot, a lot of, of scoring? Are you going to say there's too much scoring, or what? What are you talking about? No, I just like to see the ball in the air. That's all. <laughs> and, so and you're you're an around. offensive-minded guy, then, when it comes to your football. Oh yeah, absolutely. Though I'll tell so, you this, I'm glad I didn't have a uh, Mac in my face over these playoffs. <laughs> you, 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 you wish you didn't have what? I have uh, Mac in my face in the playoffs. No, because if Mac? Chicago would have won that game, uh, we would have had that man in our face, and it would have been ugly, and I don't think we could have gotten by him. Got it. Got it. Okay, I, I I didn't I you you didn't complete your thought because you you used to make that. So I know what you're talking about now. So Cuervo, good question. Bears. Fan, by the way, lifer, bear fan Cuervo is, is just so you know, Bob. Dudes, you know, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, they would have had to get past the Saints the the last round too. So that would have been. Or I'm sorry, not the Saints. The um, no, they would have played the Rams. That's right. That would have been here now. Yeah, yeah, we would have we would have played the Rams, and we probably wouldn't have won. Well, I, what I would say to that is that, uh, you know, I think it would have been a different game than what you saw in that regular season game in Chicago. Um, I know the Bears well, yeah. had only six points uh, at the same time. It was a though, weather think, thing there. It, it was a weather thing. It was a road thing for the Rams. 
So I definitely thought it would have been a, a much different game, a lot higher scoring, obviously. But uh, but uh, I'll be honest, and, and this is not me just being, uh, you know, a little humble about it. But I, I think I think the Bears would have had their hands full too, and I don't know if the Bears would have been able to stop them enough on defense to to get a victory because the Rams at home, I mean, they're they're the one of the best that the NFL has to offer when it comes to offensive production. So, you know, just as much as, as you feel about the Rams beating the Bears, I, I feel the same way. I don't, I don't know if the Bears would have had enough offensively to match what the Rams can do on the road. Well, well a lot of people say that the Rams have fought their way into the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it all boils down to today, guys. So all matters is the, is the check mark right. underneath the W in reality. Yep. But it, it Pete, uh, just one more Goff. quick question, and then I'll leave you guys sure. alone. What, what they, they called uh, a bobble on that, uh, that Philgo try up in Chicago. It, it actually wasn't a, a, a messed up kick. Somebody blocked it. Is that correct? Yeah, you got a fingertip on it, and it did. Uh, it uh, was considered a block. Yeah, 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 block. You don't sound great. You don't sound like a great believer. No, I, I, I didn't. I don't, I don't consider I didn't see it a block. It, so, I, I, it, so you can see it in the replay. It grazed one of the fingers of one of the Eagles players, um, yeah. and they want to they want to call it a block on on the stat sheet, but. That wasn't no block. I mean, it grazed his finger. It probably didn't do much to the direction of the ball or anything like that. Cody Parkman missed it. He just straight up missed well, it. Well, you know, it doesn't matter. Either way, having death threats on you for a football game is kind of stupid, <laughs> my friend. I'm not, I'm not one of them. Vi- I'm just throwing that out there. I am not one of them. All right? For those no out there, I'm glad, you know. It, <laughs> I put a video of I a saw fan some walking clip. out. I saw some clip of a guy that just God, if he had a gun, he'd have killed me. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about. I sent that out to you so you could see it. That guy lost his yeah. mind. But it, it, but here here's uh, as far as that kick is concerned, uh, Barky didn't hit it right. Uh, anybody who's a kicker has seen it. He didn't hit it right because there was no need for it to be that low. Because even though it was a long field goal, don't get me wrong, okay, that was still way too low for that ball, just to, just to say it um, and get it out there. Uh, it was a little bit too low. He didn't hit the ball right. Um, so, But that's been some of the uh, – I'm, I'm sure you keep track of it more because you listen to Bears stuff. At, you know, that's not been a great big secret about his kicking so far this season. And uh, obviously, the money portion is the reason why they are all picked up because a man makes a lot of money to make kicks. Well, the other thing that I noticed is the, that timeout that was called right, right as the kick went off. I think that threw off his rhythm even more than it usually is. Well, it did add to pressure. Cuervo, you know, what's the understand? What was the feeling around Chicago about? Uh, uh, I mean. I don't know. I, I know. I know. Did, did the fact that it was a block change anybody's op- opinion about Parky? Uh, I mean, it changed some people's opinion. You know, on, on the uh, local ESPN 
uh, station over in Chicago. You know, they, they, they talked about it. And for, I think it's half and half. You know, some people are like, okay, it was blocked. You know, not much you can do about it. But those are probably the same people that didn't see the replay and see how much of an impact or lack of impact that the finger grazing had uh, on the kick itself. Maybe that's just my opinion. Maybe some people want to believe that, yes, it totally changed the way that the kick was. I, I'm not buying it, guys. I, I don't think it really made much of a difference. I think he, like you said, I think he, um, I don't want to say hooked it, but I think he kind of, you know, I guess when the, when a kicker, based on the, the way to the, move their hips or whatever, is how how much it's going to angle the kick and whatnot. So that's, I, I think what happened there was he just, you know, he, he twisted a little too much, and that's what pulled it left. And, yeah, right. Yeah, he, I mean, well, and, that, I mean, and that's the he, other thing, too. I, I mean, you know, Doug, Doug Peterson, he iced him. That's why he called that timeout. And, and yeah, at that I tell point, you what, I, and at I that never point, I knew so hard in my life when I when that when that play went off. I I just sit there and I couldn't help myself. I was laughing out loud. I could not believe it. Oh, you lol. <laughs> oh, a lot, a lot of laughing, lots and lots and lots. Well, it just goes to show the icing works. I mean, a lot of the times. I mean, I mean, obviously, and, and Cuervo, if I'm not mistaken, the first one went through no problem, right? I mean, so that's it what did. makes it even more funny. It did, yeah. It, it, it was it yeah, was a perfect so. kick. So, yeah, um, it was. And I and I even mouth. I even mentioned it. Uh, I went back and I listened to our show that morning. I was like, well, I'm I'm really worried about Cody Parkey, but. I didn't think it was going to come down to him, you know, missing the field goal to win the game. But a lot of fans should have known. This is a subject for another show, but, you know, somebody needs to put a muzzle on that, uh, some of these crowds. Uh, They're acting, (laughs) they're acting a fool and, and, and calling, the players' names during the game and everything, you know, that that kind of stuff's got to stop. Well, well, hold on. So you're you're not one that believes that if you pay for a ticket, you should be allowed to act like a fool. Well, in a wrestling match, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> but not in an NFL football game. Got it. That is correct, especially because. I'm paying fifty dollars for a wrestling ticket, and how much for a regular season ticket? Uh, I, I the don't know. I, a couple hundred. The price I, difference. Yeah, must be. I, it, my guess is a couple hundred. Yeah, that's that's my guess. Which makes me wonder so, why kids are even allowed in a, in a football game. But hey, what do I know? <laughs> well, you know what? You know, you gotta throw a, a ten dollar beer at them too. Yeah, there you go. Keep the going. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's becoming a man. Go to a football game and have a beer, too. Yeah, that's, that's it, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We've all done it. Yeah, we, <laughs> well, I can't say that I did, but all right. I, I'm going to take your word at it. But, so, um, Though but, I will say this. I don't think that I have ever yelled the N-word loudly in a crowded football field. 
Yeah, the the amazing of the stupidity of people never ceases amaze me. I, I swear you, that part you're absolutely right because and that and by the way that happens everywhere, not just football. It happens in baseball. I, know. I mean, and I know. not only not only that not only that, Dennis. Just to let you know, in, in case you didn't know, there where it's and we're still in sports, but we're going to take a little left hand turn of what you're talking about. There is this young a black hockey player that has been bullied their way out, and not just bullied the way we talk about being bullied. I'm talking about verbally abused for this young mm-hmm. this young man to play hockey, and you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's absolutely. A, 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 it's a deplorable article, but it shows the truth of people um, when it starts. It's amazing. It's like how they, they take their, their brain and just scramble it right before they walk into a sporting event. I don't get it. Mm. Yeah, why don't you just put Did a you... flag on your head and says I'm stupid, you know? Cold football stadium without a shirt on. That's the kind of mentality we're talking about here. Yeah, that would be something wrong with it. So you're hanging out, you're you're watching, I'm sure you're going to watch the game, right? Oh, yeah, I'm going to watch both games. So, yeah. But yeah, I'm going to hang out and listen. So uh, you guys have yourselves a good one and go Rams. And if if we must have to play somebody, I sure would like to see us play like. Oh, and the Patriots would be a fun game. Oh, Kansas fun City game would be a fun it. game, too, though. Kansas City that's would be a fun what's great about these two games. Yeah, there, there's some I know. great the stories City, that can come out of these City. games. Yeah, well, I tell you, if Kansas City wins, that would be a good game to watch. Rams and Kansas City again, that would be a good one. I, yep. So there it is. All right, that's Baba Gazoo. That's my actual real brother, the blood brother, even though he won't admit it. I got to do it on air. So, yeah, and I kind of resent the me. fact that you spent 25 minutes of your show running me down. And, no, it wasn't you. You know who I I'm know talking that. about. I was, just, I was being sarcastic. I was being yes, sarcastic. He is Baba Gazoo. Yeah, and by the way, bye. By the way, that is the gentleman that actually got me into radio, folks. I started out WQNA over in Springfield, Illinois. After you know, led us to a couple of segments on the show, and that's where, in reality, um, the uh, name of our Sunday show came from him as well, uh, because he said you really got stopped saying that being said, and I didn't take his advice. Um, so that's why we got our show, that being said. So, But that having been said, of course, that is the name of our show. Let's do this. Let's talk a little bit. Let's dive into this one a little bit. The Rams at Saints. Hey, let's take some Saints for top football team at home. Um, and the NFC Championship has got to go through there, whether the Rams are going to be able to get it done or the Saints are going to be able to get it done. It's going to be interesting um, how it ends up happening. So let's look at it. All right, so you got Sean Payton on one side, Sean McVay on the other. Let's start with coaching, Cuervo, because you're talking about two different styles of coaching in reality when you are looking at both of these football teams. You have Sean McVay, the young hot shot stud that's going on. Then you have Mr. Dependable, which I think he's – and I, I've talked about this before. I think Sean Payton is right in the middle of the old school coaches like the Purcells, 
and uh, Dick Vermeils and uh, in between them and this new new generation. So the, the fact of the matter is when I'm looking at this football game, this is totally I think the coaches are going to play a big part in this game, whether it be on decisions on calls that are going to be made or just looking about how they actually set up the generals on the field to play the game. So when you're looking at this, let's talk about coaching. Talk a little bit about Sean Payton and Sean McVay and what you see regarding that mental game, because obviously they're not out there physically playing the game. Yeah, so, um, you know, I really like I really like Sean, Tony. I think Sean's got a big advantage. Um, Experience, I'm joking, definitely. but they're both named Sean. That was the joke. Anyways. Um, oh, God, that's right. I went right to Peyton. This. <laughs> No, all right. So, waiting so, right I'll, over my head, and you broke my shins. It went below my knees too. Thank you. Um, so I'll, I'll give you a I'll give you a warning next time. How about that? Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to notify the idiot of a joke coming because <laughs> it went way over my head. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, no, so so you know, go back to so Coach Payton. I'll just refer to them as Coach Payton and Coach McVeigh, right? There you go. Okay. So, you, you know, you talked about his roots and stuff like that and, and, and him being a mix of old school, new school. A lot of people might forget that he started under the great Jimmy Johnson down there in Dallas. He Shout did. Out to the Dallas uh, locals listening. Shout um, out to the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that went uh, a lot further than I expected, honey, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh yeah, but I mean that's where he started. He started in Dallas with Jimmy Johnson, and that's who he learned under. So he he his roots come from the old school. Uh, so, but I think I think what what Peyton does well, and, and why a lot of people, including yourself, consider him a mix of both, is because he's adapting to the newer style of football that we have yeah. in the NFL compared to what it was. 20 years ago when he started coaching. So um, I give, I give him a lot of credit for not being one of them coaches that, that believe that his style that worked 10 years ago still works today. And that's why a lot of these older coaches can't, can't hang in, in, in today's league and, and they, they get fired after, you know, two years of trying to use their old ways and, and it just doesn't work. So uh, I think you have to give Peyton a lot of credit for not being that stubborn coach that wants to be stuck in his old ways. I think it goes back to you look at Sean Peyton, you look at the guy that's growing with the times in, in reality, because like you said, he did start up underneath Jenny Johnson right here in the Dallas Cowboys. And actually, if Jason Garrett would have stunk up the place a lot earlier, um, he had that. I, I'm telling you right now, this guy was earmarked to be the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I talked about it on this show. Um, he's definitely earmarked because he's got a great relationship with Jerry Jones. But he also well, go back to hold on, Tony. Go ahead. Hold on. Let me let me let me let me interrupt you for a second. Who's to sure. say that he won't take the job? Who's to say that after he's done with whatever he wants to achieve in New Orleans? And, oh, it just so happens that Dallas just fired Jason Garrett. This is obviously just a scenario, right? 
a year or two mm-hmm. from now, he wins a second ring in New Orleans. Look, I mean, what else would he have to prove in New Orleans? He got them two championships. I think – I'm not saying it is. How do we know that maybe Sean Payton's dream job is to be the Dallas Cowboys head coach? That, well, maybe that's- I, I'm not saying that it won't happen because I think you're right. I still think there is a chance that he is the coach of this team. In fact, I think he is the next new head coach of this team. If for some reason Sean Payton doesn't want to renew his contract and get all set and stay stay right there, just also let everybody know that don't know, uh, Sean Payton has a wonderful big house right in the big part of the nice city right here in the Dallas area, just to let you know. But there's a reason happen, for that. Though, yeah, well, exactly. But a $45 million contract extension back in 2016, it'd take a lot to get him over here uh, unless he got fired, which, by the way, there would be no reason to fire Sean Payton in New Orleans regardless what happens here today. Um, so there's no reason to do so. $45 million back in 2006. Now, of course, that was two years ago, two and a half years ago. So you're, you're looking at, you know, there's been no reason to let Sean Payton go. The only way that that would be, could happen in reality is, is that Jerry Jones would, believe it or not, have to trade for Sean Payton. That having also been said, Jason Garrett's going nowhere, just to let everybody know. Now, we, and just to let you know, and I don't know if you were on the show, Cuervo, you know, the thought about the offensive coordinator getting fired, I was absolutely – sorry, I, I, I got a frog in my throat there. I was absolutely wrong on, okay, because – I will tell you, I didn't think it was going to happen. Now, Jason Garrett is not going anywhere. Jerry Jones has said so. Um, But I knew this guy was dead meat in the water when uh, there was uh, an interview done on the local radio station. I happened to have gotten in my car right when they were doing this interview, and he said, um, no plans, no change of plans, anybody going nowhere, including the offensive coordinator. Um, and then later on, he backtracked that big after he went to the offices of Jerry Jones and had a discussion with him. And, of course, before he went in there, he put on his chapstick. Um, and so um, after that discussion, after the chapstick was applied, um, and then not more than a day later, this guy is gone. So that was definitely in the mix. And really, if they were going to get rid of Jason Garrett, which that wasn't going to happen, um, they would have done it along with the offensive coordinator. Yeah, Sonny, I was wrong, too. I was definitely I didn't think not he was expecting... go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I understand he's not creative, and we talked about that, and, and that was a big thing on why Dallas let him go because they just felt he wasn't innovative enough and he, he didn't uh, bring out the best in Dak Prescott. Okay, great. I, 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 I understand. Um, here's the problem, though. Now... You're asking Dak Prescott, and then we mentioned this before. I don't want to go down a huge rabbit hole here. You're asking him to learn a new playbook, learn a new language, yep. learn new everything. Yep. It's yep. Just inconsistency is, is why a guy like Dak Prescott won't be able to talent uh, or showcase his talents because he's, he has to start over and learn again. 
he's not going to be able to have that consistency, that 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 uh, continuity that a lot of these great quarterbacks have. Yep, that's the problem. I think it was a mistake. For, for Dak's sake, I really hope that it's it's someone that can is smart enough to recognize his strengths right away and can help him out as soon as possible because if not then I mean Dallas is just going to be another average you know football team uh, as far as offense is concerned that they're not going to be anything outstanding and I think that's that's going to be a waste if if he's not if they're not able to uh, you know improve on on what they already have going and but uh right. but again i mean i i think i think that that goes to what we talked about before they need to draft an offensive lineman they need another receiver and well they need receivers uh i think a tight end would help but they just need some more playmakers on that Dallas Cowboys team it can't just be Dak running around making magic happen and then hand it off to Ezekiel Elliott and and then he you know, turns no, some, nothing into something. It's not. It's that's not going to last long. So I mean, they they need they need some explosive firepower on that offense, or else it's just never going to amount to anything. You're going to see them be the same offense that they're over. They always are. You know, run of the mill, uh, middle of the pack offense that you know is is going to get them one and done in the playoffs. Because I, I think depending on, uh, depending on, uh, you know, who they hire as the OC, how they draft, I think Dallas is primed to win the division again next year. Uh, because Absolutely. let's face it. Let, let's be honest. Let's, let's be really honest. Cause that's what we do on this show. Nick Foles is gone. He's not going to be in Philadelphia anymore. He's moving on. He'll be so, starting someplace the, else. The, the, so the, yeah, so the Eagles are going to lose him. All right, now now it's all on Carson Wentz, and if he gets hurt, if he gets hurt again, I mean, sucks to be an Eagles fan. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right, the Absolutely. Giants still that the Giants are still not there yet, and the Redskins. Yep. I mean, they get Alex Smith back. Let's see what happens. Um, there's the, honest. That's the only threat that I see to the Dallas Cowboys are the Washington Redskins. So I, I want to tell you what I think. Scott Linehan getting fired was a mistake. And, and before Dallas Cowboy fans kill me, because by the way, just to let you know, the fans are glad his guy's gone. Okay. But here, here's what I want you to keep in the back pocket on this whole thing. Okay. The guy that is, if you're going to get Dak Prescott better, you need the quarterback coach. You don't need an offensive coordinator. That's number one. Now, the offensive coordinating, has it got stagnant at times? Yes. But, again, we get back to what you were talking about, Cuervo. Dallas Cowboys are going to win this division next year, which makes me want to puke in my throat. But when you only need ten games to win a division – Okay, you do need something to get over the edge. Now, remember, this is a team that went 13-3 and three the year before. And I will say this. I'll put it up there. I'll say it. Tony Romo is the best 
thing that could have happened to Dak Prescott because when he went into his second year, the sophomore slump, he slumped a little bit, but still had the winning record. Don't forget about that win. All right. He, he had a very successful sophomore year uh, as an NFL quarterback. And then what does he do again again? Takes him to the playoffs. Not only that, got him the playoff victory, got to the second round, unlike uh, many times that the Dallas Cowboys had with the quote-unquote experienced quarterback, um, that being Tony Romo, couldn't get him over the hump. All right, so, and he, by the way, he did this all in three years. So the guy needs quarterback coach for his accuracy. The guy needs quarterback coach so he can figure out what plays that he would have to use his leg on, or could he hang in the pocket for just an extra half second before a player breaks open. Now, granted, that's easy for me to say. I just said it, okay? Teaching it is another thing. That's where you need it. But that's not the offensive coordinator's job. The offensive coordinator's job is to call a play. So once they get that part figured out and what they need to do, realizing the 10 and 6, 11 and 5 is going to win this division, they have to have the, you know, um, the adaptability to come up with something different when the games are on the line, and I'm talking about the playoffs. And I don't, I'm not saying Scott Linehan's good, bad, or indifferent, but what I am saying is when you have a Dak Prescott right now where he is at in his development, making a change at the OC is a big mistake unless, unless you're going to get that right guy. And now who that guy is, I don't know. Okay, but what I would say right now, I'd rather have Scott Linehan because you only need 10 and 6. They'll get that 10 and 6. Then figure out a game plan for the playoffs and work that game plan through the last six to eight weeks of the season so you can be ready to make that move to be not so predictable, a la somebody that we know that ended up as back as the offense coordinator over in Atlanta. Um, so you need to come up with something different. But for Dak's progress, this, this is make or break. This decision could end up making or breaking what we see from Dak Prescott for the rest of his career. Well, let's hope not, Sonny. I mean, for, for his sake and for, just, you know, for Cowboy Nation, I really hope that, uh, you know, they find somebody that is going to take Dak Prescott's talents to, the, to, to another level because, I mean, I, I think I think Dak is a guy that can really, you know, be a difference maker in this league. I mean, yeah. do, do I think he I has MVP qualities? I don't know if he's quite the MVP. Maybe he needs just he needs more of a supporting cast around him to become that MVP level type of quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but I absolutely believe that he could be a Pro Bowl type quarterback. I think he's absolutely. that good. You know, once uh, and, and, once Drew Brees. And again, fourth rounder, Cuervo. Let's get back to that fourth round gem found in the. You know, you, you, guys, there's only so many sixth round Tom Brady's. You should be very happy you get a time. But fourth round gem. I mean, the diamond in the rough kind of player that you get with Dak Prescott. And and I'll even give this to Dallas, even though I don't like it and I hate it. I think Dallas was the right place for him to go. And I mean that because of the situation that was in hand regarding the quarterback that Tony Romo that does like to run the football out, doesn't necessarily like to do it, but will do it. So when they put him in, it, it, they really didn't have to teach this guy anything different than he necessarily know, except on 
when to pull the trigger on when to run. And Dak Prescott, through his first three years, has shown that he does know when to do it. The question will be is, can he hold on to the ball one half second longer? And, and believe me, that one half second, Cuervo, makes a great big difference on what kind of quarterback that you're going to get. All you've got to do is look at Drew Brees. All you've got to look at is Jared Goff. Jared Goff, if you look at his percentage, his passing percentage, it's up in the uh, near the. I think it's like seventy-three percent. I'll look it up, but seventy-three percent passing. And but he knows when to run too. So those two guys are kind of like the same guy in reality. A Dak Prescott and a Jared Goff. I mean, they're almost mirror images of each other. And I think the simple fact of the matter is, is that. They have the confidence in their team not to be the first thing that they've got to do, which is run the football. And once and and listen, Jim Harbaugh, I, I, I'm going to tell you, Jim Harbaugh, I completely disagree with your assessment on how people want to do what they do. I don't believe, and I'm not even going to get into it. This is about football when players make a decision to stay in the pocket and when they don't, period. has nothing to do with race. It has to do, I'd look at Jared Goff, okay? So it really don't have anything to do with race. Jared Goff will run in a second if he has to. So it's about maturity at the quarterback position. And, and you get maturity from having trust in your player square ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I think trust is a huge thing. Um, you know, it allows you to be able to create a, you know, different types of game plans. If, if your quarterback can't be a guy that can be trusted, I mean, you'll, you'll see it in, in the way that game plans are made. I mean, I'll give you a prime Absolutely. example. Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy this year in, in Chicago, obviously, you know, that's his first year. Uh, but yep. what some of the things that he mentioned throughout the year – were that, uh, you know, his big thing, his, a, a, a phrase that he used a lot this year uh, in Chicago was is allowing certain guys to grow and mature and things like that. Um, and, and obviously Mitch Trubisky is who I'm talking about specifically. Um, you know, he said it. He said, you know, there's going to be certain times where I'm going to protect him, uh, you know, in, in a game. And he's going to know it. Um, and then there's going to be times where I, I'm going to allow him to to grow and mature as a player and let him make certain mistakes or whatever the case may be. And, and I love that because that's what coaches should yep. do. They, their job is to make you better uh, than what you were, you know, the week before. It, it, it's, it's a maturity process. It, it's a growing process. And so, you know, the fact that he uses that phrase a lot is, you know, we grew a lot this year, and, and that that's what it's all about. I absolutely love that. And and like I said, I mean, there were times you could see it in, in certain games where, you know, Trubisky was held back, but that, that yeah. was to protect him in, in the sense of, you know, not risking injury or throwing a game away or, or something like that. The result? I mean, the Bears finished 12 and four, and and I'm, I can't wait for next season, Sonny, uh, to see yeah. what, see what you know is, is in store for the Chicago Bears. But I, I don't want to make it about my my team here. It, it's about coaches and yeah. uh, you know the maturity process of young quarterbacks. And Dak still falls under that. You know, he, he's he's yeah. done with his third season now. He's going into his fourth year. 
Uh, that's still very oh, winning he hasn't even hit his way. prime yet. Yep. A winning he hasn't even hit his prime yet. Yeah, he's a winning yeah. quarterback. So um so I hope I hope for Dallas's sake and for Cowboy Nation that they get they get a guy that's, you know, on the younger side, um has a has a very creative uh, uh you know, mind to really make some make some things that maybe you've never seen in Dallas before. Uh, and yep. I think that could affect, I think that could affect the way they draft, the way they attack free agency. So I think the sooner they can get a new offensive coordinator in there, it, it's going to benefit the Dallas Cowboys a lot more. You don't want to wait to the last minute to get offensive coordinator and then you need to start planning now for how you're going to improve this offense. And if, Absolutely. And if that means, and if that means going wide receiver first round, if that means offensive lineman first round, or if that means don't draft anything offensive in the first round, then it is what it is. Well, they don't even have a first round pick. No, yeah, they go to the second round. Right, Cuervo. Yeah, second round. round. Okay, second round. Yeah, but Jerry can always jump up into the first round if you if if you don't think Jerry will have the capability to make a move, he will make a move if need be if he feels like the guy that they're they're looking at well, has got a chance of losing it. Look what they did with Travis Frederick. They made a huge jump to grab him, and he was a projected third rounder. So they felt that he, they were going to lose him. They grabbed him in the first round. Now, that was their guy, but I also heard reports that um, um, Jerry was worried that another team was looking to grab up a center and go and throw the, a complete uh, curveball to him. So that's the reason why they jumped on Travis Frederick so early. Yep, and I and I believe it. Um, I don't know if it was just blown smoke, but I believe that that Jerry would, you know, jump enough to make that type of move. I mean, well, Jerry Jones, it. we all know, he's yeah, he's an aggressive guy. I mean, they they did it to to draft <laughs> as Bryant. They did it. Um, I know there was one other time that they did it. They, were, they they went back in the first round or they moved up in the first round. I, and I, for the life of me, I can't remember who it is now that they that they got when they did that. It wasn't Zeke Elliott. Um, no, but anyways. No. I, I think mean, you're talking about Carpenter. If I'm not mistaken, you're talking about Carpenter. No, no, that's Seattle. Okay. So I got to go back. It was an offensive lineman they were going after, Cuervo. And this was not more than three or four was years it, ago. Maybe oh, it was, was it Tyron um, Smith. Maybe, yeah. I think it might be Tyron Smith. That it, was might, it might have been Tyron Smith. We'll, we'll look that up. But I, but I get your point. And, and exactly, it's what it, what they do. But you think about the coaching, Cuervo, and and, and, back, mm-hmm. and and getting to back to this game, Sean Payton and you know Sean McVay, McVay, young guy, uh, Jared Goff, young guy. You know, you know, I don't know with these young quarterbacks now, and if you pinpoint them and put them with a Bill Parcells, you know that's not going to work because they're different types. So the the I, I hope they grab up the young guy that will help with Dak Prescott. 
uh, more so than going old school and grabbing up an old school offensive guy. Um, everybody loves North Turner, it, it, you know. So you know, I don't. They they still talk about North Turner down here, trying to get him back. I think that's I think that's water and oil, man. I, I just don't think you need something that will mesh so much better. Um, and you know, Sean McVay's relationship with what he's got, Jared Goff and the Rams. I mean, you, you look at those whole things. These guys, their record was. 14 and three, Cuervo. Both these teams, by the way, are 14 and three in the you know in the regular season. Um, which, by the way, you know different styles of coaching got the job done. So you look at that. Um, you, you go back not to resistance to change as far as what a Sean Payton can bring to you. He's went ahead and opened himself up to the new, and that's why I think he fits that mold. Um, and so you got both of these coaches doing what they're doing to get their team where they are. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I can't say one's better than the other, per se, and, you know, but mm-hmm. in one game, who do you want? That's the good question. Uh, I mean, do you want the young Sean McVay that gets along great with his quarterback, or do you want the more experienced guy that ran to the Super Bowl and got the Super Bowl ring in Sean Payton? So, you know, it just, I guess it just depends on how you think coaching is going to affect this game. Well, yeah, and I think it depends on how lit, you know the situation is. Um, look, I, I have nothing against McVay. Uh, I, I think he's a guy again that that uh, is, is you know one of the best young, bright minds in the league. Uh, but what I but what I'll say is that when it, in certain situations, your inexperience is going to overpower anything and everything. No matter how good yep. you think you are, offensive-minded, creative, and all that stuff, experience always, nine times out of ten, it's going to win. Okay? Yep. And, and, and I think that's, that's what you see in this game. Uh, do I think the Rams have the advantage from a talent standpoint? Yeah, I do. I think they have a slight yep. edge, but I think they do have the edge. Um, but, again, it, it's – depending on what the situation is going to be late in this game, uh, whether it's a, a late game or not. Um, Certainly it, game. Ex- First game. Experience. Yeah. Experience is going to, is going to come into play. Um, yep. So, and then there's, there's not much you can do or, or, or say about it. I got a curveball for you to, though. On what you not, what much you can do though. I do have a curveball for you. If you look at the roster, right, let's hear it. Uh-huh. Okay. If you look at the roster for the Rams, the top receiver, Brandon Cooks. Guess who? Guess whose first round draft pick was used to grab him up? Oh yeah, it was the Saints. Absolutely. You also look at the. How about this? How about the um, the coordinator, Alex Cromer, former running backs coach, offensive line coach underneath Sean Payton, sitting right there for your team for the Rams. I mean, so they they've got some they've got some inside addition, inside information in reality because uh, when you looked at what Cromer did, he was part of that 2009 Super Bowl championship squad. So you, you so there's that little curveball. Yeah, that that and by the way, this right here was the reason why I went with the Rams. Now I'm not saying that everything's the same, okay? Uh, since 2009 for Cromer. 
I'm not saying that in 2014 grabbing up Brandon Cooks, he knows the, the offensive playbook. That has nothing to do with it. This was what I felt as a guy that guys that know tendencies of teams, and more so obviously Aaron Cromer than Brandon Cooks um, as far as coaching is concerned. But knowing your opponent as best as you can, I don't think there's any other team out there that would know their opponent better than what's going on as far as the Rams. And this was the thing that took me to the side that I decided I was going to go Rams. Because if, if there's anybody that's going to be able to get the job done, okay, forget about the personnel out on the field, but knowing what could be coming their way, I think it's not the fact that they have the advantage, but they definitely have the scouting better than anybody else in the NFL right now to go up against the Saints. Yeah, no, and, and I, I understand. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, I guess, advantages or, or inside, like you said, inside info that the, the Rams have on the Saints. Here, here's the only thing about that, though. If, if we're talking about it, obviously Sean Payton recognizes that. I that would makes, hope so. Yeah, they've, they've got, yeah, I mean, they've, you know, they've got cooks on their team. They've got this guy on their team. They've got that coach on their team. They know, yep. they know how we normally operate. Let's change it up a little bit. And, and it could be as simple as recognizing a formation, right? And they're like, okay, they're, they're about to run. And all of a sudden you see somebody go in motion and you're like, Okay, what's this? Now you've totally confused the other side, the other sideline. Now they don't know what to expect, and they're like, holy crap. We thought it was this, but now it's that. It could be something as simple as just one little thing like that, Sonny, that can throw a team off thinking that they know what, what's coming, mm-hmm. and, and it just totally throws off what the Rams were expecting or vice versa. Uh, right. You know, the, the Saints could be recognizing something that the Rams normally do. All of a sudden, somebody goes in motion or, or an audible is called at the line, whatever. So it, it, it's when it comes to this time of the year, it's, it's a chess match between the coaches. That's the right. biggest part of the game. We could talk about I agree. matchups and all that stuff all we want. All I've heard about half this week is that Akeem Tlaib is back. He yep. was there the first game, and that's why Michael Thomas yes. had such a huge game. Look, yes. I, I understand all that, but you, that, that's not going to stop the Saints from finding ways to get Michael Thomas open. I and completely make him, agree with and you. Make, and making plays. Uh, you know, it, that's not going to be the difference maker. It, it's really and, how, have you, how have you changed your, your game plan from the first time they played. What if, what are you going to do different this time? That's what it's going to come yep. down to. I agree. And, and, and Cuervo, and that's the reason why I started off with coaching. And, and just to let everybody know, Cuervo, we didn't talk before this game except on when we were going to have the show, correct? Yep, that's right. Yeah. So we didn't get together and talk about this. There's a reason why I went with this. And a great mind thinking alike, and I'm talking, I'm, I'm thinking with the great mind of Cuervo, not the vice versa. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I knew he wasn't going to go with the players because the players are the players. 
They got to the, they're, they're both 14 and three. So it doesn't even matter in reality whether, like you said, to leave. You know, he was injured, missed the game in November. That's really irrelevant. Okay, they're 14 and three. Both of them there. I really don't think there's advantages out on the football field in reality. If you want to go experience and, and like that, you have to go Saints. He's 16 years older. You know, the quarterback. You know, you know, as far as Drew Brees over. Um, uh, Jared Goff, okay, so you go experience, you go Rams, but I'm going coaching, and I'm going with a fresh mind, because this year, Cuervo, the coaching in reality, as far as the fresh minds are concerned, are having more success than the old school guys, but then we go back to what we were talking about, Sean Payton. He's not necessarily old school. He's just changing with the times. He, he's got resistance to change, and I, I don't know his mindset, but I think when I look at this, you know, uh, you know how things that are happening in the NFL and a trend that I'm seeing, although I still think it'll take about five or six years for a complete change in the quarterback being a running quarterback as well. Um, that would have to take a five or six years, but give those defensive coordinators time to figure out those runners and go back to pack and passing. So, you know, but for this game, this year, um, and the way that Goff makes the decisions to do it um, with the coaching that he is. So I'm kind of going new. I, I, I'm really resistant to new school stuff. I really am. You listen to the show, you know. But something about this game, as far as that was concerned, had me thinking. And then you add on the fact that they have the coach that used to be on the other one that pushed it over. Was there anything out on the football field in reality, Cuervo, that made you decide that one team was going to win over the other? Or were you, like me, thinking this is a coaching situation on what's going to happen on the field? And I just lost Cuervo. I asked him. I asked him a very profound question, so he had to bail at the last second. So, but that's the way I looked at it because he did. You, he, Brees carved up the Rams' defense for 346 yards. Okay, four touchdowns last time they met. Okay, again, they didn't have to leave out on the football field in November, so he's back in uniform. Okay, the uh, Los Angeles also don't line up cornerbacks against specific receivers. They'll stay on right or left, and whoever has them has them. So it's not the fact that Saliba is going to go up against Michael Thomas on every play, unless they change it up. And that's where we get back into the old school and the new school thinking mentality on how they will move forward. So you go with that. Now, also, you take a look at it. Uh, Thomas had 211 yards, um, and mostly because Marcus Peters, uh, he he was able to get over on uh, Marcus Peters. So, again, I was looking at this. And I was looking at what was going on on the field, and I was like, no, I'm not too cool about this. But one thing that I did see early in this year, and we, and we talked about it on this show, Jacksonville Jaguars let Dante Fowler go, and he ended up over in L.A. And I'm, th- I'm telling you right now, they had a lot of other good things. This was the guy. He wasn't the solidified player that was going to play every single down, but I think this is what solidified the defense. Now, they, that, and that was another reason why I saw the defense of the Rams not play very well, because he didn't play Fowler all that much. You're still 14-3, and three, okay? You're a good football team. Defensively, you'll shore it up. And you also save Fowler for this game so he can be ready. 
so he can be healthy and ready to go. I think I think the advantage right now, on, as far as the coaching is concerned, I, you know, I give the uh, slight edge in reality to to the Rams. And but when I looked at those players, they played all year long that way. Are they going to do anything different? I think they are in reality, and I think that could be the difference as well. So the Rams going to go outside there. I think Fowler starts, and I think he plays a lot of snaps this game um, because of his experience, because of where he is from, and the fact that he is perfectly healthy and ready to play. So I think we're going to see more of Dante Fowler in this game as far as uh, personnel out on the football field. But you also look at another thing. When I'm looking at this game, how I feel about it, the, even though the Rams haven't had a lot of success in the Dome, okay, but, you know, you look at some of those other guys that are native to these areas, okay, like Andrew Whitworth, who shared a lot of, you know, big-time memories right there uh, in West, uh, West Monroe, uh, Louisiana, okay, won three high school championships in that stadium. Okay, just so that you know. Also, if I'm not mistaken, a national championship with LSU uh, when the Tigers won the Sugar Bowl over Oklahoma in 2004. So I think it's 2004. Um, I might be wrong. It might be it's either one year before or one year after. Either way, um, it's one of those years. Okay, so, you know, they also have guys that played in that stadium. I just think, you know, I think the coaching is going to get over here. And I think the coaching, in reality, uh, is going to win this game. And I'm not saying that Sean Payton and Drew Brees don't have a great relationship. I just think this young school mentality is going to work for this year. How long those young school mentality coaches last in the NFL will depend upon whether or not they can get their team to buy into what they're doing in a very quick time to where it becomes the norm, and then the old-school pocket quarterback becomes the old-school in reality. So these new coaches that are coming in are looking to get their quarterbacks to be more involved, not just with their arms, but using their legs. And that also runs the risk of who's going to be going, will they get hit, will they be smart about the running, unlike if you go back and take a look at RG3, who was not very smart with the way he ran the football, and you can look at Cam Newton the same way. Okay, you, we're getting a lot of quarterbacks that are coming back that are more mobile, and we talked about it. You know, Mitchell Trubinsky, over as far as the Bears are concerned, definitely was a big part of that. He is very mobile. Uh, Jared Goff, very mobile. So these guys that are coming in that are changing the traditional way that NFL quarterback plays that position, uh, sooner or later, that is what is being taught mainly on the college level. And you're seeing these college coaches coming up and taking over jobs. All you got to do is look at over at Arizona. That's what they did. They grabbed that young quarterback type of coach guy that is going to be coaching these football teams. And, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, that's what the NFL is trying to go. Well, I don't think the NFL per se are, but teams within the NFL are looking to go to. So watch out for that because I think that is a, I think that's a factor, and I think it's a factor in this game as well. So you have to decide in reality whether or not a football team such as the Saints might be able to get one over. Listen, again, both these teams evenly matched, and, and there's a reason why that the, the, the line is below three. But that doesn't mean that the number on the over and under, I'm not sure I would think that number is quite high. 
I think the over and under is really big. So I'm on the Rams. I, I, I and I went with the coaching. I went with the people who also know, you know, some of the some of the guys that were over on the Saints. I don't know. Will they be enough to get that victory? I don't know. We'll be able to look. Of course, that's why we do it here on this show. We take a look at all the games. We talk about all the uh, things that will be going on. So that's going to lead us over into the next game. It's the AFC Championship game, guys. And, and I'm going to just be flat out honest with everybody. Okay? I am on the Patriots for one damn reason. And that's the baddest man on the planet. And I, I, listen, and that's the reason why we spent a lot of time on the other one, because I didn't know if I'd have Cuervo as long as it was, so we spent a lot of time on that. But I'm going to tell you right now, the baddest man on the planet is going to get to the Super Bowl. And, and you can say whatever you want. And I, listen, I, I, and, and here's the thing. I am actually torn in this game because I'm a closet Kansas City Chiefs fan, um, not because I wish bad things on their young quarterback. I just think this is this is that stage. Now, he might be ready. I might be wrong. I go by experience when it comes to that. And the experience is that young quarterback is going to have a tough day. Tom Brady is the baddest man on this planet. Tom Brady will take this game over. And look what, guys, look what he did last week. Last week, the New England Patriots, okay, in their game against the uh, Chargers, embarrassed the Chargers. Okay? Let me repeat that. Okay, they got a 41-28 victory over them. They were lucky to get 21. The Patriots embarrassed the Chargers. So when the Chargers went out and played the Kansas City Chiefs, they played tooth and nail the whole way through, guys. Both games, uh, no, actually the first game, I might be incorrect. The first game might have been a blow. I think Kansas City got it. I'm going to go back and I'll look at that. But in that last game, they were tooth and nail. It was, it was actually an amazing game. I mean, that's what they all talked about in reality when you saw it. So when Kansas City and the Chargers played this last time out up on the football field, we got a great game at 29-28, and the Chargers won that game. Earlier in the year, I'm trying to find it right here. Where's the chart? The first game of the season, they got a, a 38-28 victory in week number one. The difference between week number one and week number 15, okay, is 14 weeks in between. And the team that you see win Super Bowls usually starts showing their faces in week 13, week 14. They got them in week 15. The Chargers won that game by one, by the way. That game was at home. So when you looked at it and how bad the the Tom Brady just peeled that team, the Chargers, what makes you think that they can't do the same thing to that to that that um, Kansas City team, even though they may be on the road and maybe that you know 
the Chiefs got that home field advantage. I mean, in reality, I got to ask hey, the question. Can we talk? What, what what team do you expect to show up over there? Do you expect to see the regular season Patriots? Yeah, I got news for you. You're not. They proved that last week. That one-week break for a Tom Brady Patriots team is unbelievable. Not only does it get guys get ready, they get mentally ready. And they and, and that one week, they got mentally ready for this one. And they they tore the Chargers up. I mean, I mean, they tore them up, guys. And the difference between Philip Rivers and Patrick Mahomes may be, but both of them were both MVP candidates, and probably Mahomes going to win, even though I think it should be Drew Brees. Yeah, I said it. So when I looked at this game and I was asking myself, what do we think here? I mean, we can break down the game. I'm good at it. I like breaking down the game. And I and, and but all things point to Tom Brady breaking down the game. The experience of Tom Brady over Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable. The the thinking of who's got the better coaching staff. If you think the Kansas City Chiefs have the best, and all due respect to Andy Reid, if you think this guy's got the better better coaching, you're you you're wrong. The Patriots have the best quarterback. They have the best best coaching staff. That's what's going to win these games. Come on. Do you not think that they know about Tyreek Hill and what he can do? Do you think that, that Bill Belichick has a way to eliminate him? There's only certain things that Kansas City is going to do to win this game. And if they take Tyreek Hill out of the game, what are they going to do? We can talk about all that stuff. I mean, the Patriots have been dominating the AFC for nearly 20 years, guys, and it's because of the guy who's leading them and the guy that's leading them on the field. The best coaching quarterback combination, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, okay, are playing in this not first, not second, not third, not fourth, not fifth, not sixth, not seventh, but their eighth consecutive conference championship game. How do you think they got there? I can't believe anybody's picking the Chiefs in this one. I mean, and listen, I, I've never I never crowned myself to be the NFL smart one, but how can anybody look at this game and say, say this is all set? All of it was because Brady and company, all right, people look at them and last week proved it. They were in awe of what Tom Brady does. I've given them so much love, there's no way they can win, right? And I'm going to tell you right now, 49, I'm going to tell you right now, Kansas City is trying to win their first, they're in their first Super Bowl appearance of 49 years, guys. Okay, this team has not made it to the play. They have not won an AFC championship game or whatever to get them to the Super Bowl in 49 years. You think Andrew Reid knows how to do that? 
I don't know. I, I've talked about after Andy Reid went over to Kansas City, I thought that was the right thing for this football team, and I still think it is. But getting them over the hump, this guy hasn't been able to do. Now, Randy, he's got that playoff win finally. Andy Reid just, just solidified his job for the next three years, regardless what happens in this game. However, a blowout is not going to help Andy Reid's uh, causes. They keep it close. Andy Reid will be fine for three years. If they get blown out of the water, Andy Reid is in trouble. Because I'm going to tell you, they won't let Patrick Mahomes' talent just uh, live or die upon a quarterback or a coach that can't teach them. And they will go young school, by the way, when they hire a new coach, if they get blown out and they get rid of Andy Reid. This is a what have you done for me lately lead, and frankly, the, the 49 years is on Kansas City and, and its front office, okay? But this year, they might possibly have the best opportunity to, first of all, win the Super Bowl or be to make it to the Super Bowl. This is their best shot at it, and if they screw it up, that'll be on them. But... If they have blown out of the water, Andy Reid could be looking for a new job. By the way, Andy Reid, he'll get a job next week because they'll buy into whatever BS that he can, he can sell, uh, and he'll have a job for the next four years. With what they did, Andy Reid solidified his head coaching job, whether it be in, in Kansas City or someplace else for at least three years, if he gets a new job for So this one here is really interesting. All right, what we're going to do, though, we're going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Shows. Sonny needs to warm up his coffee. We need to get Cuervo back online. Uh, we got 30 minutes before kickoff, and we'll cover the rest of the AFC Championship game here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we're looking at the Patriots and Chiefs. We'll be right back. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggy's Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggy's Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggy's Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggy's Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggy's Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. It's been really a day. This is Sunday Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. 
You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors. Plus two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend Michael Smith of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation. Restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 initial consolation fee includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact Tammy at 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. Summer. Let's see what I can do. Off fire. All right, we are back here. Sorry about that, everybody. A little bit late getting back off a of break. Had to go catch a cat. <laughs> Woo! 
do this. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Are you having trouble understanding Social Security planning? There are a lot of questions that have to be answered, like when does it make most sense for you and your spouse to start receiving Social Security? What is the impact of your Social Security benefits if you work during retirement? How much of your Social Security will be taxed each year? Let Nest Egg Wealth Advisors provide you with that direction to these decisions. Call our offices today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nesteggadvice.com for your complimentary guide to Social Security. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. All right, we are back here on the Cosmic Taste Show. I have to get a drink here. Oh, there's another one. All right. NFC, NFC Championship Games going on today. Big time games and what they're all about. Aha! Wait one moment. I see somebody. I see, said the blind man that fell in the ditch. I see. And let me hit, whoop, right there. Let me hit that button and bring him in. That good old boy himself. Just a good old boy. How far are you away from going with you, my man? About 20 minutes. We got a friend of mine in the hospital down that way, so. How's it going, my friend? I'm doing well. Do you need me to go pay a visit to him for you? Nah, he's he's fine. He's just in for an appendix, so he'll he'll be out tomorrow. So, uh, just real quick in that area. So 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 you get the opportunity to get in online. Let's talk about it. Hey, what about the NFC? We got the Rams. We got the Saints. Earlier this week, you were talking about your leaning the the Rams. Uh, well, you first started out no brainer. It's the Saints. Then you started leaning yeah. Rams. I, have you have you decided what you want to finally do in that position there? Honestly, no. That game is. I went. The reason I, you know, I, I picked the Saints. That's my first gut feeling. Then I started kind of reviewing things, listening to sports talk radio, a little changing my mind back and forth. Don't mess you up. Leaning the, <laughs> leaning the Rams, but. You know, at the end of the day, this is a tough one to call, Sonny, because yes, the, Saints I'm ex- the Saints I'm expecting to see today are the Saints maybe middle of the year. For some reason, this team, I don't know if they've taken it easy since clinching home field advantage or something, but let's face it, for even that Monday night game against Carolina, their offense has just not been there. Yes, sir. I don't know. Yes, sir. I don't know what's going on, and now losing their left tackle. I think it's their left tackle, right? They lost to an injury yes. in the last game. That's just That's hard to replace in playoff football. So uh, it's a tough one to call because the Rams have really kind of went on that same trajectory as the Saints where the offense slowed down 
and they weren't able to put up the points. But one thing I do like about the Rams is the running game with Anderson and Gurley in it now. So it's it's yes. just tough. It's just, it's a tough game. I don't know who you picked. You can tell us in a minute. But right now, if I had a gun to my head, I would I would probably take the Rams plus three and a half. But I would uh, pick the Saints to win, if that makes sense. No, it does. It makes sense because there's a reason why. I think the last I looked, it was two and a half on the on the on the uh, oh, really? But then again, that's yeah. Well, that's after the betting this morning. Okay, that's in. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll tell you where I decided to make the pick on this. You, what you said is absolutely true. Both sides of the ball. And, and as much as I didn't want to put the thing. The loss on the offensive line for the Saints is huge. You, you can't you can't minimize that. I, I think that is a huge thing. Come from the left side too. Okay, so he's protecting his blind side. So that that's that's one thing. I, and I looked at it another one. I went to to Aaron Cromer. Uh, he used to be the running back coach and offensive line coach under Peyton in 2009 when they won the Super Bowl. If you got an advantage that is not on the football field, you got one coaching, you know the guys that have been there and what they, what they may or may not do. Now, Cuervo made a very valid point about that. Is if Sonny knows it, God, Sean Payton should know about it. Um, but uh, you think about it, um, the new school of football is having more success this year than we've seen in the past five or six years. True? True. Yeah. yeah. And that's what scares me about this game. Not that Sean Payton's so old school that he can't change with the times or rise up to the changes. You know, he can do it. He obviously has. Look at it. And he's doing it with with a mixture of young and old uh, and still getting the job done. Both these teams 14 to 3, okay? So, you know, guess what? They know how to win football games. So it wasn't really looking at the talent on the football field more so than coaching. And right now, at this very minute, this year, you know, there's no answer to the new school coaching from the old school. And usually the old school figures it out. But I think we're seeing a change at the quarterback position, probably the most that we've seen in the last six, seven years, as having a quarterback that will take off. Dak, Dak Prescott's one. Mitchell Trubisky's another. Jared Goff's another. Um, Drew Brees doesn't. He is that pocket quarterback. So what I'm saying, I think, for this year, I think – the advantage goes to the new school until a couple more years until the old school figures it out and puts a key bosh on it. And, and I think, too, that the Rams, they've already played the Saints in, in New Orleans this year, and I know they yes. lost that game, but but I think that's going to play a bigger factor in this game than people um, are talking about because it's not going to surprise them going into New Orleans. They, they could have won that game. That was a uh, – that was a very close game there until the very end. And, and one thing that scares me a little bit are those dudes on the defense of the Rams, the defensive line, and um, their their corners back, or what was it, Khalid, is that his name? Well, they didn't have a team with Tlaib in that game earlier yeah, this Tlaib. year also, so you got to look at that. But yeah. also, uh, Tlaib is not one of those guys that matches up with the number one wide receiver. He just matches up who's on his side. And that's and I don't know, advantage not – I don't know, uh, but Tlaib seems to be on that one side of the field only kind of corner. There's nothing wrong with that, but really when you look at that, as far as that's concerned, uh, they, they really only got one wide receiver to really worry about if you think about it because the tight end's not going to be in this game either. I forgot to mention that earlier. He's out for the game. Right. His name slipped in my mind. Well, I'm going to tell you this, though. The, the way the Rams – 
change it's like they changed their identity when the playoffs came and that's that's one thing that I respect. You know, they, they started they started going downhill trending a little bit. Gurley gets injured, uh, he takes a couple weeks off and you know, Dallas prepared for, you know, maybe Gurley, maybe not, but more of a passing game. Those guys changed their identity and said, We're gonna run the ball down your damn throat and there's nothing yeah. you're gonna do about it. And is that team going to show up today? Because I know the Saints statistically are a better defense, you know, but I, I don't, I'm not buying it. I just think that Saints defense is as great as people think it is right now or is improved. I, and I don't, I don't think don't the Rams defense is bad as it is either, uh, Tarvin, when you think no, about it. Because that. they have the guns on the offensive side. They can take plays off. And, I, and in the playoffs, I think you're seeing a totally different defense. You saw it last week when the Rams uh, took on Dallas uh, and got that victory. Yeah, I, w- I want to pick the Rams in this game, but that home field advantage in, in being in New Orleans, if this game was in Atlanta, if this was a Super Bowl game or something, I would pick the Rams to win. But I just – I don't expect the Saints to come out as flat and as ugly as they did against Philadelphia. If they come down, if they come and get down fourteen nothing to the Rams, I think they're done. They're not going to be able yeah. to to come back against them like they did the Eagles. I think the Eagles were just they just ran out of lives. They're like a cat, you know. He had nine lives and the tenth lives was yeah. over. But but I, I mean, why did the Saints come out so flat? They they looked terrible. Maybe it was the bye week. Maybe they hadn't played a meaningful game in a month. I don't know, but I have to expect them to come out trying to click on all cylinders in this game. If they if they, they have to come out early and play fast, and if they do, I think they, they're going to win this football game. But it's going to be a field goal game either way. That's why I have the Saints Absolutely. money line, and I have the Rams plus hey, three and a half. Do so you know the over and under in this game? I think it should be fairly high. Well, like I said, it should be fairly high. So Yeah. You know, Fifty six and a half. I would probably, I would, I would probably lean under in that game. Honestly, I don't know. Maybe I, oh, I, I hate over unders. I hate those because turnovers, uh, field position, all that can kill you. Pick six, anything Absolutely. like that can just. Absolutely. So I always stay on the sides and leave the totals alone. I'm just, I'll, I suck. I could pick ten and I may hit one. Now. Just what we were talking about before we went to break and you came back in. I, I watched the game last week against the Chargers and New England. Now, granted, New England was at home. But did they decimate that Charger team? I mean, it, it like embarrassed them. And I, I, I just can't help think about the Charger-Kansas City game this, this past few weeks ago where the Chargers went into Arrowhead and beat them. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I just I can't get that out of my mind. That's re- and by the way, it, the baddest man on the planet. That, that that right there. Never mind. They got the better coaching staff. They got the better quarterback. They're playing better than most of, uh, either one of those teams in reality. I, I don't know. I, maybe it's me. Maybe if I, I maybe I I've been told I've got the biggest man crush on Tom Brady ever, and why not? He is the best man on the planet, the best that ever plays a damn game. And guess what? He embarrassed the uh, uh, Chargers defense last week in the first half. It, it, they, they, were in, they were in the locker room 35-6 to six or 7, something like that. I mean, they yeah, outscored but, them. They outscored them was, by three touchdowns in the first half. Yeah. Was that game more about the Patriots or was it the Chargers were 
they were out of gas from being on the road so many times and having to travel so much. And also, I think the Patriots had a good game plan. They they ran the ball well, and I just think the Chargers gave up early in that game. Do you do you agree with that? I mean, I, I, I think, think they gave up early up because there. they got down so much so quickly. And, yeah. and that, that takes the sales perfect. out of your confidence. Yeah, if, if 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 that was in the second half, you know, I would say. But I, the way they dismantled them, I sat and I sat and I watched this game. I was like, nobody's stopping them. I mean, no one is stopping. They gave them the opportunity too. It wasn't the fact that they couldn't stop them. They were third and long on many occasions, and and they just made it look like they were playing. You know, the little kids in the in the uh, in, you know, on the um, in the park. I mean, third, yeah. third and nine, okay, third and nine is a tough situation for any football team, including the Patriots, and they were making it look easy. It was it was pathetic. Uh, but that's from coaching, and that's from experience. And, you know, if you can say whatever you want about Patrick Mahomes, and if you want him to be the MVP, you can go ahead and do so. But I'm going to tell you right now, that there ain't no better MVP than Tom Brady and Bill Belichick putting it together. And not only that, they knew they were going to get one of those two anyway. They've had plenty of time to even look at that one as well. well you know, so, wow. Which Patriots team showed up, though? I haven't seen – that's the thing. I haven't seen this Patriots team all year. I just don't think all of a absolutely. sudden – Absolutely. Why should you? I don't – I mean, I, I just don't think all of a sudden that you've got to look at this game and say, well, the Patriots played great last week. Now, all of a sudden, they put it together and they're unbeatable. I just think right opposite of that. Some people think that. I think that they can't pull that off again. I think they can't. Especially can. on the I road. Think they're, on the the road this team has been terrible. This, this Patriots team oh, has been terrible absolutely. according to Patriot standards, you know. like Absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Mahomes right now is, I look, isn't I look the at passing it of the smart, not hard. I, you, know, you know what I was saying, work smart, not hard. Yeah. I think that's what we saw just, the Patriots in the regular season. Yeah, until they got to the playoffs. You know what they're like? They're like the Chicago Bulls. When they're ready to turn it on, they can turn it on whenever they want to. They're, they're like the the, ninth, uh, the early 2000 Lakers. When they wanted to turn it on, they could. They, same thing with the Heat. When, you know, when they were winning, that, you know, doing that. When they wanted well, to turn it on, they could turn it on. The Patriots are no well, different. I know I use forty basketball out. analogies, but <laughs> we're gonna find but, out today. Because look, look, would it surprise me? If Kansas City gets beat today, no, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Would it surprise me if the Patriots played the way they did this last Sunday? Yes, it would. That would that would surprise me because you got to look at this Patriots team. Who are the playmakers? If if Sony Michelle is not able to run the football, and we're not talking about a great Kansas City defense either. Okay, we we know no. that we're not talking. To, we're talking about this guy. They have holes, and you know, D Ford's able to put pressure on the quarterback. But yeah, that's a that's a regular old quarterback. Tom Brady, like you said, the baddest man on the planet, the greatest of all time. It's not going to phase him going into Kansas City. But what kind of and, and and when's the last time the Patriots have been an underdog too? I mean, that's another chip on the shoulder of Tom Brady right here. Another underdog. Absolutely. You know. I don't know. It's just it's a game where I don't think the Patriots have enough weapons to match Kansas City's weapons in in Arrowhead. If that makes sense, I know the first time they played, there was a it was a shootout. It was 
it was a great effort by the Chiefs. I came away more impressed with the Chiefs in that game at the time. But Gronkowski, what's he going to do? He's not going to stand up. He's not going to step up and make any big plays. He has to. I mean, who's he going to throw the ball to? That's what worries me about this team. Is Sony, Sony Michelle well, going to run the ball for 100 yards? Hold on a second. Tarpin, have you forgot about Julian Edelman? I mean, have, have, and, uh, Ron Gutkowski, have you forgot about it? Hogan can catch a ball if they throw it that way. I mean, they got the weapons. I, and I've never seen such a football t- player, uh, you know, such as a Tom Brady, that could be the best at figuring out who's going to do the worst damage at the, at the – or who's going to do the best damage at the right time. And, and whether it's Julian Edelman or Rob Gutkowski, or even for that matter, is that Hogan gets involved in the game. It's like Tom Brady knows who to throw it to, when to throw it to, and most importantly, why. And like you said, I, you know, if you're Kansas City, if you're not worried about your defense going in this game and what Tom Brady's capable of doing, he already showed what he could do in that first game against the Chargers when they are on. They better that defense better be ready to come and play. Yeah. And I don't care if they're Create there. Go back and check out that Chargers game where they lost by one to the Chargers in week what was it, mm-hmm. sixteen or fifteen? Okay, that game no one thought that they were the Chiefs would lose either. And that was a big game. I mean that was a game mm-hmm. to clinch really and they and they lost it. But it one thing that kind of concerns game. me one thing that concerns me, um picking the Chiefs was Brady's comments after the game the other day. You know, he's playing the, well, all y'all think we suck. So it's kind of got that. He's always played with a chip on his shoulder. You know that about yep. Brady. He wasn't even, was he drafted in the sixth round or something and nobody even thought about him. And he's always played with that that chip on his shoulder. And I don't know. I mean, that game scared me the other day, to be honest with you. When I saw him against the Chargers, I'm like, oh, shit. You know, like, you, you can't kill this team for some reason. I'm interested to see the pass rush of Kansas City, but, but it's not about Brady tonight, Sonny. It's about Kansas City stopping the run. If if yep. they're able to – if you notice against the Chargers, getting six, seven yards of carry, second down and three or whatever, shit, you're dead because Tom Brady, yeah, they can run it again, they can throw it, and Brady, Brady will hit who he wants when he wants. And yeah, I, I don't know. That's what scares me. If you're Kansas City, if Brady can throw for three or four hundred yards, then you can still win the game. Where you can lose the game is allowing Sonny, Sonny Michelle to run for a hundred to hundred fifty yards, and that offense becomes unstoppable at that point. So uh, it's going to be keep an eye I'm, on I'm one excited stat about both of these games. I'm excited. Oh, me too. God, I'm excited. Me too. I love this. And, and here's the thing. Even if I'm wrong on my picks or right on one or wrong on the other, we're going to have a great Super Bowl. Um, but yeah. here's one step. Keep this stat in mind in that Patriots game, the Patriots defense. Keep the, the stat of deflections on your mind, okay? And I'll tell you, listen to this. They had 12 deflections in that game last week against the Chargers. This is a team that knows when to get their hands up in the air. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a big stat in this game as well because one thing well, that, even though I love I love me some Patrick Mahomes, I think that guy's a stud. That guy throws the ball very low to the ground. He doesn't get a lot of air under it, especially on those on those drags and those slants. He'll keep it low. Watch for the New England Patriots uh-huh. defenders getting their hands up in the air and knocking the ball down. That's a that's a good point, and, and you know I was reading or I heard it somewhere where statistically you take 
Patrick Mahomes' five worst games of his career in Kansas City uh, or in college, too, or whatever, has all been colder weather. And just because you're at home doesn't mean that you're comfortable playing in freezing temperatures or whatever. Tom Brady, if it was negative 20 degrees, he's comfortable. He doesn't care. The way he throws the ball down, he's a big, strong guy. You know, he doesn't have to have the huge arm strength. The way he throws the ball down – and his arm angle, he's a, that's why he's the best cold-weather quarterback of all time, too. Um, you're right, Mahomes. I mean, how big is this environment? Like, I mean, we're all human. I don't care who you are. You have emotions. Is this a passing of the torch right here? you got to think how – I don't want him to be too amped up in this game, and that's what scares me. If he's too amped up and he makes some mistakes early, Tom Brady will make him pay for it because he's going up against the greatest of all time. This is a lot of pressure on him. And they're favored, so they're expected to win. It would be different if they were a 10-point dog at home against the Patriots. He could come yeah. out and play a little looser. But how how loose do they play to start the game and how tight they play? Which one? That's going to be, I think, the determining factor of who wins this game, honestly. I agree. And so, I, big time right. Uh, we could see the – but here's the thing. And I made this point earlier to someone who said that I've got way too much love for Tom Brady. This game is not going to make or break Tom Brady's career. It's not going to define it. It's not going to be a defining moment of him going downhill, okay? Because I don't think – I think Tom Brady's done regardless what happens at the end of this year. I said it at the beginning of the year, and I meant it. I thought he would be – if Belichick would have retired, so would have Brady. I thought that would end up happening. And I don't care what everybody says. If you read all the things that are out there that states that these guys are at odds with each other, I'm going to tell you, I could give a rest. Hey, hey marriages last forever because you know how to get past those points. And that's Wait, the reason well, that's why they've bullshit. been so good. Yeah, exactly. So it was the first You're exactly one. right. You're exactly right. You think Tom Brady and Bill Belichick give a shit about these little things. Like you said, you don't get to where you are by a little petty drama, cheerleading bullshit. No, these are professionals. This is a quarterback. This is a quarter probably, what, the 15th highest paid in the NFL, and he's the best because he he was all about winning. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to win, and he's going to get – I mean, what's the difference between having – $800 $800 million and $600 million at the end of the day. Not too much. I mean, shit, I, mean much, I can do no. damage with either one. Not only but, that, uh, his endorsements yeah. pay, overpay his salary on the football field all day long. Speaking of professional, we got him back online. It's Square How you doing, man? Oh, God. That's another Tom Brady lover. That's another Tom Brady lover on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I get, see, here's the difference, though, Tarvin. I give him the tough love that a lot of people don't give. If Sonny was not heterosexual, he would yeah. probably have Tom Brady pictures and posters all over his wall, bedroom wall. He's in my closet, man. He's in my closet. He's my closet lover. You're right. He'd, he'd be the real-life Ted. He'd be the real life that, head. That he, that he is. I mean, you can say what you want about Tom. But guys, Brady. we're seeing greatness. We're seeing the best of all time. We're seeing really in reality the goat. And when he embarrasses the Kansas City Chiefs this today, which is what I if think he does. Yeah. If he I, does. I, I mean, I, how, oh man, I can't. 
I'll be the first one to come on here and bow down. So, um, I, I just if he if he wins this game, there is no question in anybody's mind should be that he's the greatest of all time. If there, if there's any doubt now, I don't know why so. that would be in question. But if you need one for the extra hand, remember he's got one for every one on his left hand. He needs one for his thumb. On his right hand, so you know. No, yeah. no, he's gonna put it on his middle finger and tell tell everybody. Absolutely. So, but I'm telling you, if you, but if you but if you heard that comment, I know you guys probably did after the game when they were interviewing him. He says, "I know we're not supposed to be here. We all y'all think we suck." That you've never yeah. heard him say that, right? You've never nope. heard Tom Brady. No, it's like he knows something that you, oh, you know, you know who that reminds me of? Ben Roethlisberger, when Ben Roethlisberger goes, yeah, I guess I don't know how to play the game anymore. And and he came back and tore into the everybody's asses the weeks after that. So that's exactly the way I look at that one. Wah. Cry me a river. So, Cuervo, look, Cuervo, I, just because the Chiefs today. Oh, I I did. I haven't put I mean, money if, on if it. Kansas City, if Kansas City wins by 17, would that surprise A little bit. Yeah, it would a little bit. I, I don't expect that much of a gap in the game. But uh, I do see, expect I do. Kansas City. I think 10 to, to 17, and I could be wrong. Hey, hey, who are you on in this one? Oh, I'm, I mean, Kansas City, I mean, it's not even – that's the first lock of the – the year I saw when I, I think it was Sunday or Monday I posted it. Chiefs are a lot. I mean, it's, just go ahead and get your mortgage, get your get your car, do everything. <laughs> put it, go to your bookie and just put it all on Kansas City. But here's the trick of these games, and people don't realize you can you can have it both ways. In games like this, if you're not sure, buy the half point both ways. Bet. Bet a thousand dollars on the Chiefs minus two and a half. Bet a thousand dollars on the Patriots plus three and a half. Hit it right down here in the middle. But what I did was I took the, the Chiefs money line because God forbid they win by one point, I'm screwed. So what you right. do is you take the Chiefs money line, you take the Patriots, buy it up to three and a half, and you hope Kansas City wins by three, two, or one. It doesn't matter if you win by twenty. Absolutely, it's double winner, baby. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's how I like that's it. That's true. The thing is, the Chiefs have. To Are you win. on the Saints? Are you on the Saints? Yeah, I just because of, that's a game I'm unsure about. Honestly, I think it could go either way, but I'm gonna go with. I just think this storybook year has kind of been quiet for Drew Brees. He hasn't had the numbers he usually does, but in this, he's been there before. Jared Goff has not been here before, and the game to New Orleans. I think the Saints will put forth a good effort. Watch Alvin Kamara today with a couple of touchdowns and uh, running, maybe one receiving, so it could be a big day for the Saints. Someone's got their TV on. I know who that is. Mr. Cuervo has the TV on. That is. Uh, so do I. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, <laughs> it, it is. It's that. It, it, it's that time. So I'm. I'm on the road team, Cuervo. Who are you on today? All right, Sonny. Yeah. So I, I bailed before I could officially give my two picks. Look, this. So <clears throat> I was one of those guys that sat in the casino at the sports book tables 
and, and sat and watched videos and, and, and wrote some notes down and stuff like that before I put my wagers in. So this is, this is what I, what I have uh, uh, shout out to the Bellagio for giving me the a notepad, a free notepad. But anyways, right. um, <clears throat> you're paying. So, for it. Yeah. Right. $18 bill in the mail for a notepad, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, so Tarvin, tell me, tell me if 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 I put, uh, you know, if I took the losers bet, or if, if I'm going to be a winner today, winner winner chicken dinner. Um, so I got I got New Orleans at minus three. The over under was 57. I took the over, you know, because they're going to be in the dome, and I think there's going to be a lot of points that are going to be scored in this game. So I parlayed that one. Um, I'm t- I'm t- I'm just just. Uh, just to throw it out there, I'm taking the Saints. I'm picking the Saints to win the game. But what I've realized in watching the first game that they that they played, guys, the Rams uh, missed some opportunities in the first in the first half of that game. You know, missing a field goal. They tried a fake field goal that they didn't uh, convert on. So if you guys remember, the Saints were up big at the half, 35-17. What I noticed in the second half, though, was that. Uh, that the, the Rams came out right away, good quick six-minute drive. They started running the ball, getting more pressure on Drew Brees. And uh, really what it came down to was <clears throat> I think that the Saints are more of a first-half team and then the Rams are more of a second-half team. So it's going to come down yeah. to me. Is is New Orleans going to be able to come out, you know, guns blazing, or are the Rams going to be able to – slow them down and not allow them to have that, that quick start. And I think if that happens, I think the Saints are in trouble. Um, yeah. And everybody's talking about Aqib Tlaib is back, and, and that's great and all. They're good for them. Uh, but I don't think that's going to stop Michael Thomas from doing what he's doing. I think Kamara, again, you know, you mentioned it, Tarvin. I think Kamara's going to be effective. Actually, I think it's Mark Ingram. All the focus is on Kamara. I think Mark Ingram could be the difference maker because it depends on if he's uh, juicing up again. He's probably on drugs, on steroids. So. You, th- you think he went and paid old? Uh, you think he went and saw old Saban, Saban got got a hookup? Yeah, yeah, that's what he did. It's what he did on his contract year. He had that hey, great year. Just the, hey, I just, this just came. Oh, hey. Guys, guys, just to let you know, hold on. I, I got to push a button because there is news. Um, hold on. Where is that? I got to go. There it is, right here. Got, hey, guys. No Ben Watson for the Saints in this game, guys. I did not see this. It makes my pick for the Ramsey feel more better. Um, that's a big loss, and you lose the tight end in this game uh, for uh, just mainly because you know a major weapon taken away from Drew Brees. Not that he can't find another one. Don't get me wrong, but you know you lose a guy like that. I, I think that affects your offense. Who was it, son? Ben Watson, tight end. He's a has been. Well, he's a has been, but he's also. He's also been able to, you know, do what he's done so far this season, and I'm getting that up because actually because I was – not that I was impressed, but it was the consistency. All right, just just to give it to you, here's the button. All right, it, it, here's what he has so far. It, he's played it um, – uh, he's got 35 receptions, 400 touchdowns, and two, touch, and two touchdowns. 400 touchdowns. 
up. This is the experienced guy. No, this is the experienced guy. This is not your guy that, that goes out there and does it every single game. But the years that he has up underneath his belt, I think, is the reason why. Uh, you got to look at him. He's been in the league forever. Um, so that, that being said, I mean, 2004, you, you lose veteran leadership. And plus, I think Drew Brees loves a guy like this because everybody forgets about him. Now he doesn't have that guy to throw to in a time where he can try to make a shot and, and make a difference in the game. Well, guys, I'm and call me crazy, but I don't know. Then Cuervo the under, you bet the over. That scares me. I told Sonny I hit one out of ten of those. So don't ever trust me on a on an over under. <laughs> um, so, but I can tell you this: Drew Brees is one of the top ten greatest quarterbacks to me I've seen in my life. So, probably yeah. top five, honestly. Uh, but is it Sean Payton's system? I mean, I know, Sonny, how you said that that Sean Payton, the old school, I mean, hasn't changed much and stuff, you know, like done it his way. I think the Saints have changed a lot over the last couple of years, yeah. building this team more defensively and balanced running the ball. This It's the toughest game I've ever had to pick, guys. This this game has got me just I could I can change my mind every five minutes, but for the last time I'm gonna pick this game. I'm picking the Saints to outlast the Chargers. And again, Saints money line, Rams plus three and a half, winner winner, chicken dinner. I'm winning both ways, baby. <laughs> you're on you and you're also on you're on the Chiefs this afternoon as well, correct? The Chiefs is is the, the play of the year right now. Go go get your Go steal money. Go sell all your stocks, bonds, <laughs> mutual funds. Go to your bookie's house. Back up the truck and tell him you want it all on the Chiefs. By the way, we have to have a business meeting tomorrow, so uh, so be ready for my call. We need. A, I have a business meeting to talk to. We talked about last year, so uh, I, I need you on Monday sometime. So don't forget me. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. So uh, and where vote. Uh, so, what about the Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs? Where are you at? Um, well, before I get to that, one last thing that could help for for those that are picking the Rams: no Sheldon Rankins today for the Saints. Uh, he he's out, so that's going to really help Todd Gurley in, in the running game for the Rams. But it all depends on if the Rams actually try and run the football. So, just another note that I had here. Um, Let's see. All right, Chiefs-Patriots. So I took Kansas City minus three. I actually took the under in this one. I got it at 55-and-a-half, and I took the under just because I think that this is going to be a more defensive battle than a lot of people probably expect. And I don't think it's really too much about the weather. I just think that I think both teams studied the first game so much that they're going to find ways to slow each other down. And I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, point. You know, one thing I, one thing I noticed uh, when I watched the highlights of the first game is that uh, if you can get Mahomes, if, if, he, 
now this is going to sound weird because normally it's the other way around, but Patrick Mahomes is actually a better quarterback outside of the pocket. If he's running around and making throws, he's actually much more effective than he is just yeah. standing in the pocket. Sounds weird. But that's, 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 that's the Ravens, man. That's the Ravens, they'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, so that's one thing I, I uh, noticed. Uh, obviously, no Kareem Hunt for Kansas City this time. Um, you know, it was it was a one point game going into the third quarter, and then both teams just exploded in the fourth. So that was one thing I noticed too. Is the fourth quarter was when it really turned up, and both teams adjusted to each other. Uh, Justin Houston is back. He he didn't play in the first game. I think that's going to be a difference. Um, but uh, I, I think for me, the reason I'm taking Kansas City, guys, is because I, I went back and I looked at Tom Brady's history and his record in AFC Championship games. If I'm telling you, Scott, if this game was in New England, I'd be all over the it's Patriots. Over. I would, too. I would, there's no I, doubt. I'd be, I would, here's no the thing, doubt. though. The Patriots struggle on the road in AFC Championship games. They are 3-3. Three and three. Uh, in in road AFC champ now that's I mean that's an accomplishment. That's so dome team six, though, right? It, 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 are, the, are those losses to Indianapolis on the road in the dome maybe or dome That team? was one. That was one of them. The other two were actually in Denver. So you're talking outside cold weather, just like in Kansas City. So well, that's they lost twice. Though. That's altitude in Denver, about, though. That's, just, just to yeah. add no, on no, no. top of the stat that you're talking about, Cuervo, just to add up on top of that, though, those were also teams when they were in wild card position, not having the uh, first week bye, if I'm not mistaken, on the one in Denver and also in the, uh, the one that we were talking about earlier. Those were games where they played in the wild card weekend instead of having the first week bye or the first round bye. I don't, I don't know yeah. if that's true, Sonny. I mean, because I think it was 2015. I've never, I've never seen them in a wild card because they always win their division, right? So they're always they always, team they always win the division, but they didn't always get that first round bye. Um, so. Yeah. Just, just so that, and, and I could be wrong about that. I wasn't saying that's true. I'm saying could it be because of that as well? That's one of my thinking. Um, if I'm not, this goes back a couple of years. We were talking about how the Patriots play well in the playoffs uh, when they are actually in Wild Card Weekend. Their their um, their chances of winning drop dramatically because it's that extra game. So I'm, I'm wondering, and I could be wrong. That's what I'm not saying. So I'm asking if it was one of those where they were actually in the first round of the playoffs more so than had the first week by. Yeah, to I'll be honest, Sonny, I, I, I didn't look up that stat, but all I know is with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick under their era, okay, first of all, let, let's, let's give credit where credit's due, okay? They've been, this, today's going to be their 14th, hold on, 7 plus 6, 14th. AFC Championship game today. I don't think we're ever going to see this again. So, take that for what it's worth, all right? All I'm saying is New England in AFC Championship games on the road, they've won three, they've lost three. Matter of fact, the last two 
were against Denver, and they lost both times. So they have a two-game losing streak on the road in the AFC Championship games. Um, that was 2015. Yeah, 2015 and I think 13, whenever Denver made it to the Super Bowl those two years under uh, the Sheriff. So um, another thing, too, a lot of people have been talking about Eric Berry. I think he can make a difference. It's just how how healthy is that foot, that heel? You know, how much is he going to be able to play? I think that he's definitely going to be a third down, uh, you know, nickel-dime package guy today to help cover Rob Gronkowski because I think that's what the Patriots are going to try to do. If Kansas City is weak anywhere in their defense, it's at the safety position without Eric Berry. With Eric Berry, obviously it's a big difference. Um, but um, that that's that's kind of what I have for notes, guys. Um, well, you know, let's not forget well. too. Let's not forget too. You know, this that first game was twenty-four to nine at the half. Okay, okay. second half comes around. Andy Reid made a did a tremendous job of adjusting to New England in the second half. Uh, and, and the Chiefs owned that second half, 31 to 19. Now I know Kansas City lost the game, but that's because they were in such a hole in the first half. You go to that, you go back to last week, guys. New England put the Chargers in such a hole that they weren't able to come back either. So what does that mean? What, what does this all mean, Cuervo? What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that New England better get off to a fast start, just like I think the Saints need to get off to a fast start because if they don't then they're going to be in trouble. Kansas City and the Saints are our second-half teams, and that's why I picked both of these teams to win today because it's not how you start, it's how you finish. So um, I, 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 that's what I'm looking at in this one. I just think the Patriots come out looking flat. Uh, they, you know, they try to get the run game established and nothing against Sony Michelle. I just, I just don't see with the linebackers that the, uh, that the Chiefs have I don't see them really going to be able to get that ground game going. What Kansas City is going to have to do, though, they're going to have to cover the flats a lot because that's what New England likes to do. They love to run screen plays. They love to run the flat plays to, to their running backs. James White, you better watch out where he is at all times. You don't, you're not going to see New England take too many deep shots, um, but I do think they're going to try to dink and dunk that Kansas City defense, get them tired. Uh, but it's going to be on, on the Chiefs to try and find some blitz packages and, and try to confuse Tom Brady because that's how you beat him. you got to get him confused. you got to get pressure on him. And it, it, because if you let him sit in the pocket and do what he wants, it, it, it's, I mean, we all know, like we all know what's going to happen. I like the Chargers did the other day. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, Gus Bradley's an idiot uh, because, you know, <laughs> that first half should have never happened the way it did. You know, we, zone, we talked man. about it last week. Yeah, we talked about it last week, Tarvin. Gus Bradley, the mistake he made was he sat in the same defense the whole first half, and that's why you saw a 35-7 to game at halftime. You know, seven DBs. Yeah. So they were playing back a lot, a lot of nickel-dime. So, I mean, he threw a lot of short passes. That's why you saw so many screens and, and, and short, short stuff uh, in the first half, and that's how New England was able to wear him down in the first half. So well, I'm going to ask you this. Who's the best quarterback? in the game today? Like, I'm not saying over his career. Who would you rather have at home right now in Kansas City? Would you rather have Mahomes 
do you put more trust in him or Brady right now? I'll, I mean, I, I, I think it's no question. I think I like Patrick Mahomes more. Me too. Me too. Sonny, I know what you're going to say. It's absolutely um, Tom Brady. Uh, and, and that's the experience factor. By the way, I've been looking up the stat I was talking about, and I was roo, roo, sorry, uh, I was wrong, wrong um, about the. Yeah, I was wrong about that. Last time they were in the wild card was in 2006. But that having been said, they did lose that one in the uh, in the conference uh, championship and the year before that. Just so that you know, but that was a you know, long, you know, long time ago, 2006. You know what I love. You know what I love about this show and my show too is. We can. We all have great opinions, I think, and we all have knowledge of the game, and we can disagree. And it seems like it's okay that we disagree and we don't see eye to eye. And I think a lot of shows oh, God, are yeah. like that. You see, you see shows they call in, like Colin Coward, for instance. He always gets people to call in that agrees with him, and he won't take a damn call unless unless that person agrees with him. I like being able to to disagree with Sonny or Cuervo respectfully. Of course, we're always respectful, but we we all know football. We all show it in our yeah. picks. If you if you haven't watched our picks or tracked our picks in NFL, we're a lot better than these experts that get on Fox and CBS and this and make them Cuervo. Cuervo won the competition this year, and I thought I was going to win it. Sonny probably thought he was, but we all did pretty damn good, didn't we, Sonny? Yeah, oh yeah, we 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 average better than than all of the experts on TV. Just so that you know. Um, and, and that, every that, year, it, every single year, um, and usually all three of us are better than than the experts. So, you know, I've had a couple of years where I tied the who quote unquote experts, um, but even even this year when I I finished in third, I was still we were still better than the experts. So, and you, it, you were still it, at sixty percent. You want to know why? It's because, like you said, because we're professionals. No one has gone completely correct through the whole season and picked every single game. And, you know, so it, it's a it's hit or miss. It's what you feel on a certain week. You know, I'll have a gut feeling about a certain game that people think I'm crazy on. And I've actually, not that I've tracked it, but I've, I'm a little bit better than uh, 50% on my gut feelings. That, you know, so I'm not completely wrong usually when I'm going that route. Uh, but it, I, I know the difference. I mean, I know who the better team is. Sometimes those gut feelings and you take the pick on it, you, you just take the flyer on it. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I think that you're stupid for picking the uh, the Saints to, to beat the Rams today or vice versa as far as the Patriots. Because really, when you look at it, um, these games, oh, this year in this division, or at this time of the season in the conference championship, you literally can flip a coin because there is no set um, advantage anybody. If there is one, it's Tom Brady because of the experience. But the other game, no, man, it's not there. And even the Tom Brady and Kansas City game, that's a flip because – this could be the one yeah. time that Tom Brady doesn't get the job done. So that's why argue, these games are so good this year. I, I could argue, and all all of us could. I could make points why New England's going to win today, or Kansas City, vice versa, Saints, Rams. And it's because yeah. we know football, and we know football. And I missed two games in the in the playoffs. I think I missed the Chargers last week. I was an idiot for for picking that game, but I put trust in Cuervo's Bears. You know, I, I remember I joined the Bears team, and after they lost, I yeah, the, bear, the Bears bandwagon. 
And by the way, he yeah. pushed your ass off as soon as they lost. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just like, damn it, Chicago. I had Chicago in the Super Bowl, by the way. And um, But that doesn't mean I'm an idiot. That just means, you know, you, you, you like a team, you like the way they – they play. I was wrong, and and that's sometimes we're all going to be wrong. But by God, seventy percent of the time we're all going to be right. And that's a lot better than yep. these clowns that are making a lot of money to there and talk. Just because you played football doesn't mean you know shit about football. And that's what kills me about some of these experts. You get Randy Moss on here talking. He doesn't know a damn thing about how to run, except how to run a route or something. You and I, Cuervo, we know a lot more. <laughs> than these guys do. I, I never played college football, but I, I think I know a lot more than the players do, wouldn't you? I think what you do, think too. So? Which, by the way, I think well, you and Cuervo, I mean, I'm a college idiot. I, I and, and sometimes it's good to be known as an idiot so your expectations aren't very high. I'm a college idiot. No, I'm not an NFL idiot. I know NFL, I know football. But, but then again, there's only 13 teams. It, or uh, 32 teams. It takes talent amongst craziness for you guys to know college football the way you do with so many damn teams in there. I, I find that part amazing. So the the fact that you know about 60 to 70 teams in college football amazes me. So that's the yeah. reason why I think you guys are the real MVPs. I'm talking Cuervo Department, college football, far none. Cuervo picked Clemson. Hey, he said, hey, I, I think Clemson's going to beat Bama tonight. Boom. They didn't beat them. They trounced them. They yeah. trounced so, so, yeah, college is a lot harder to pick because, I mean, pros are pros, you know, and anybody can mm-hmm. rise up. But college is harder because of 150 teams, and you got yeah. kids, their emotions, their girlfriends break up with them, the bookies and and money. It's just harder. <laughs> but, man, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, and this is a lot for me to say. Over the past few years, I've started leaning towards the NFL game more. I've started enjoying watching NFL football more than college. And I know that's Cuervo. I don't know if, which one you like the most, but I just – it seems like I just enjoy watching NFL more because I, I, I know kind of what you have today. a child now and you, get, you can't yeah. spend as much time on the college game. That's not a put down. I just know that some people when no, they get right. a new child – I, I think that's the reason why. And, by the way, when's the new one coming? When's that one expected? February 20th, a little girl. Yes, I've been watching. So, yes, yeah, you know, I've, I've neglected my show in a way, and, and I want to get back doing it. But, guys, I, it's just my my whole Parent, world has changed. Parenting a tough job. It is. And then my wife being pregnant on top of that kind of, Makes it where, you know, she cracked her rib a, about a month ago with bronchitis and being pregnant on top of that. I've been having to run point over the whole house. So, we in Sports Talk has to wait a little bit. And I, I miss joining y'all every Sunday, and that'll get back to normal soon, you know. Like, that'll that'll get back to normal. Yeah, a couple years. And, yeah, and it's just, it's just a – I think you're right, Sonny. Like, college football, Cuervo uh, – I used to watch it. Game day started at what nine o'clock or whatever, and I, I wouldn't turn the TV off to one or two a.m. Now yep. I'll watch Auburn play, but I'll never sit down. I can't watch an Auburn game from kickoff to the end anymore. I remember in the fourth quarter of Auburn Washington game when 
it was about tied. I'm changing a shit diaper in there, trying to to go in there and trying to watch my game and do all this. I'm like, good lord, I can't even watch a football game anymore. So, <laughs> That's what happens when they're young. When and they I get love older, you'll have the opportunity to ignore them a little more because they can walk. <laughs> yeah, and and red zone is actually red zone has changed my life too. I mean, just because I can put red zone on on the TV and do other things and mute it and watch it and and even leave it on where I can hear it. I can follow the NFL on one channel. Yep. I can't do that in college. You just absolutely you can't do that. Red yeah, Zone, honestly, Red Zone is bomb, and the one that's on DirecTV, they should just blow it up. Um, I, I saw a snippet what I of it. Well, what, what's wrong with it? it? What's wrong with it? I, well, I don't know the host, the I don't, maybe it's because I'm spoiled by the host, because that host is, he. I, I forget his name, he's god-awful. Um, but Scott yeah, Hansen is the Yeah, he's not very good. Yeah, Scott Hansen's so, the yeah. bomb. I, it's been a while. I've had DirecTV for a long time, and that's, when did they start having their own? Querbo. I know you mentioned that one day. I didn't know DirecTV had their own. Yeah, no, it's it's been it's been it's been a few years now. I think I think DirecTV's had their own. I think right after NFL Network started theirs is when DirecTV made one for themselves because uh, they used to have. Well, they've always had. Gosh. Ever since DirecTV had the um, had the, the the Sunday ticket rights. They used to do. Yeah. Or they still have it, but they started with the uh, with that one channel where you can have like four different games on, or or eight. Yeah, I have that. Many. And eight. Yeah, I have those. Yeah, so so that's how they started it. But then I think once the uh, the NFL Network, which which I find funny about that too, is both Red Zone channels have NFL Network employees. So is it? Is it a, a direct TV thing or is it an undirect TV sponsored, I guess, no, uh, uh, program? I'm going to tell you this, Cuervo, that they, they make yeah. you buy the entire package now. You can't, like, I can't get Red Zone, direct TV, Red Zone, and pay that. I have to pay $600 for the entire package to get Red Zone. Yes, yeah, I, I did I did Sunday ticket for one year, and I – what I what I found myself doing was watching my one game, and then that was pretty much it. Yeah. Because of the fact back then there there was no red zone channel, I yeah I didn't have enough interest in any of. So what you were just talking about, Tarvin, about kind of gravitating towards the NFL, that was me like ten years ago. So I I was I was a college football nut, you know back you know in my you know when I was about ten fifteen years ago. And um, I, I I watched NFL, but I think because of like you know the all the commercials that are involved and all that stuff, and and just you know getting into yeah. fantasy football, I think is what helps you know you get That's into a good NFL. Point. More, you know, That's it, a good it, point it, about the commercials, man. Like you mm-hmm. watch a game on four-hour football game, you're watching an hour of commercials or more red zone, there's no commercials. It's all Love seven it. hours or whatever. It's all all football, man, all of it. You don't yep. miss a thing. So, guys, I remember when I got the flyer. I, I, I don't even have to look it up. I just know. 2009, when red zone went on, went on air, I got the flyer in the mail, and, and I told my wife, I said, I don't know what we got to do, if we got paid for it, but this is going on my, on our package. 
and and the first two years I paid sixty dollars for it. Um, and after that, it became part of our package, so I didn't have to pay for it. Um, but I'm going to tell you right now, the way I've watched football before 2009 to where I watch it now, um, I'm smarter about the game as well, uh, mainly because you can see more. And and the reason being is, is you see more about how the game is played at vital moments of a game. In the red zone is when the game of the NFL, it, it, because in between the 20s, it's exciting, don't get me wrong, but you have to make plays. In between, yeah, um, when, when you're in the red zone. Between the 20s, you can let a play go here and there. You miss a play in the red yeah. zone, could cost you a touchdown. So the, the, the knowledge of the game of what can be won, what should be run, when it should be ran, is more evident when you're looking at red zone compared between the 20s. So that's the reason mm-hmm. why I think I've improved my football knowledge because really, it's not that it's not about what's in between the 20s. It's where the game is won is in the red zone without questions. Yeah. Because that's the reason why they got the stats. How they do in the red zone? What's their percentage? What's their percentage to run the pass? When do they bootleg it? When do they not? Um, it, it's all of that put together. And you, I think you learn more by watching red zone than you necessarily do yeah. when you're watching you one full game. And through the whole uh, through the twenties and stuff like that. And, Even though and, we do get still during the twenties, but man, when one team gets to the red zone, we go to that game, and that's what's so cool about it. Well, you guys hooked me up on the red zone and got me going. And I remember when I started weighing sports talk, first couple of years, I was money in college. Like, but the NFL would be where I would struggle with my consistency and picks. Not that I couldn't pick a game, but it was I would have to limit it down to just a couple. But watching Red Zone, uh, my actually NFL predictions are better than college now. I, I, I attribute yeah. that to becoming more knowledgeable watching Red Zone. I'm more familiar with every team. Like, there's only 32 teams, and I, I yeah. know the main players of each team, even some of the defensive yeah. players that make a difference. You just see more, like you said, Sonny, in the Red Zone. That's where the game's won on the Red Zone when the real players are on the field, too. And you, you see how they match up what they do, what adjustments they make. It's just red zone has changed the way NFL. That's why That's why the NFL's the king, and I think it always will be. I don't think anybody yeah. will ever pass the NFL on what they do. And as we move close to our 10-year anniversary, happens on the uh, 17th of uh, February. My favorite Ooh. interview that we've ever had, my favorite interview we've ever had was when we had Scott Hansen on the air. And, and and I love Tom McManus, don't get me wrong. He's my second favorite as far as consistency and truth. But my favorite one was Scott Hansen. I mean, he gave us a background on what it was all about and how it was ran. And not only that, he's just a class individual. And, by the way, he just to let you know, I asked him to be on, uh, on there. I was only going to have one guest, but if I was going to have a second one, I did put out a reach out to Scott Hansen, and since it's after the season, he said he might be able to get into it. Um, so um, if and when I get that uh, interview, Cuervo, I'll have you in on it. Um, uh, you weren't, were you in on the last one that we had with Scott? I need to be on this one, Sonny. I missed the first one. It was back in my, yeah. uh, my time when I was recruiting, so I didn't get a chance to uh, uh, be in on that interview. I would have loved it, though. Yeah, I, I will so do that. We'll I can't, make it I can't where, do a where show all tonight. of us can be online. 
I can't do a show tonight since the Patriots game is going to be on at what six fifteen tonight. That's just gonna. Yeah, it's late. I can't do it. I'm not going to do a show during the Patriots Chiefs game. I just don't. I think if you're a true NFL fan, you want to watch this game. You don't want to be on the phone, distracted, right? What you're trying to watch. So maybe tomorrow we'll let's show up. Uh, hey, let me know, Tarvin. I will I'm, be I'm available off tomorrow. tomorrow. What are you? You don't? I'm yeah, off I'm off tomorrow. Martin yeah, okay. Luther King. So I'm going to be towards the afternoon. I'm going to be towards the afternoon because I got I got early work and then I got afternoon work uh, with a couple of conference calls. Um, and then of course I'm going to get a hold of Tarvin business wise. But um, what time are you guys available? Without Cuervo, without interrupting life within within general. <laughs> yeah, so um, anytime oh, – let me see how I can word this. Do it, do it Eastern anytime, time as well. Yeah, so anytime before 6 o'clock Eastern. Actually make it so, 6.30. Anytime so before about 6.30. You, yeah, after 6.30 tomorrow evening Eastern time, off limits. Okay, all right. All right, so after 6.30, which would be after 5.30 my time, that I, that I can make happen. So we, uh, we can do it 6 and 7 o'clock Eastern. Are you available, Tarvin, at 7 o'clock Eastern? Cuervo's not after at that time. After 6.30 Eastern, he's not available, right? Yeah, it's oh, got to be before 6.30. All right, so, that's so, what about, so it'd be 8.30. So that'd be 8.30 my time. No, no, Sonny. So, okay. No, I think we're getting confused here. So, so 6.30 Eastern is the latest that oh, okay. I can do a show. 6.30. You have to be off air 6.30 Eastern. Correct, correct, correct. It's just 5.30 okay. my time. So, we need to shoot for a 3 or 3.30 kickoff time for our show. Yeah, I'll let you guys know uh, yeah. uh, about mine. I, sh- I should be good before between 1 and 3 when Sullivan's napping, but I, c- I can squeeze at least 30 minutes or so in to review these games at any time tomorrow afternoon. So, All right, so, all right, so we'll do Great. that. We'll, we'll get that. We'll make that happen because I think we'll be able to get it done. I got a conference call, and I think we'll be done by three. So that's what I'm hoping for. So, um, so it'll either be three or three thirty Central Standard Time, which would be four four thirty Eastern, or two or one one thirty your time, right, Cuervo? Uh, one thirty my time. Yeah, with one thirty your time. I'm good You're two hours behind me. What time is it now over there? It's uh, 11.37. All right, so there's two-hour difference. So, yeah, so 1.30 your time, is that at 1 or 1.30 your time good? 1 o'clock is perfect. All right, so we'll do that. We'll make it 3 o'clock my time, 1. 4 o'clock your time, Claire, yep. uh, Tarvin. Are you, uh, yep. are you available at that time? Yeah, I'll be available. Awesome. Very good, and that sounds good. So we we, we got the the stuff ready to go forward next week, or for we'll do that on Monday, obviously, and uh, we'll be all set and ready to go. Um, I don't know anything else we want to talk about. Any NFL news that we maybe hadn't been able to hit on that we need to talk about? Um, I just pulled up my NFL 
uh, uh, news page. And, oh, yeah, there was a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. If you guys, since we got 20 minutes before this one kicks off, and the the one thing I wanted to talk about was was really simple. Um, you look at the state of the NFL today, and there obviously there's lots of news and lots of things going on. But the Kareem Hunt, uh, big time, multiple teams involved wanting to bring the Kareem Hunt on board with it. Have we forgotten what? Has either the world, the NFL world, forgot about what Kareem Hunt did, or do we just don't care anymore? Um, regarding that, because there are multiple teams that are interested in bringing Kareem Hunt back after the NFL says he's going to be available. Well, Sonny, I mean, no, I don't think anybody has forgotten what he did. Uh, I just think that he's, uh, you know, since that incident, I think he has shown that. Good boy. Well, yeah, he hasn't been in the news since. So it's not like, yep. uh, you know, like some of these other idiots that go out and get in more trouble, like Alden Smith or, yes. uh, uh, you know, or something like that. I got, oh, I got another one for, for you too, for both of you guys, uh, after we talk about this one. And it relates to Tarvin's Carolina Panthers and uh, your locals down there in Dallas. But we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, yeah, this Kareem Hunt situation, I mean, and look, and I'll just throw it out there, and it's not because one of the teams is the Chicago Bears is why I'm trying to kind of dismiss Kareem Hunt for what he did and all that stuff. I think that, uh, well, first of all, it even says right here on NFL.com, it's, there's still an investigation going on uh, that is going to end, it's likely to end by March. Okay, look, I know we all saw the video. There's no denying what he did. I think the investigation is more about what led to that whole incident happening. And I think once people understand that part, maybe we look at it a little different. I'm not excusing Kareem Hunt. Never put your hands on a woman or your feet. Never should do that. No physical contact in a violent manner with a woman whatsoever. But because of the fact that, like you said, he's been a good boy, he's been out of the news, ever since that incident happened. On top of that, if I'm not mistaken, guys, I think this is the the one thing that he has really, I guess, you know, as a professional mistake that he's made. You know, I, I mean, it's a huge one, uh, but I think, I think what it is is that a lot of people are forgiving and, and, and they, they believe in second chances and stuff like that. So I think that's why teams are showing interest in Kareem Hunt because it's like, look, <clears throat> yeah, you made a you made a huge mistake. You made a bad choice in kicking an innocent woman. Now we don't know how innocent she is, but as of right now, she's innocent. So you, you screwed up big time. All right, but I think a lot of people just believe in second chances, and and teams are willing to take a chance on a guy that has tremendous talent uh, and you know if, if if you miss and he does something stupid again then that's that's probably going to be the end for him because teams teams are becoming less and less forgiving when it comes to things like this I mean Josh Gordon failed another drug test recently as a New England Patriot I'm telling you right now 
he's done. Nobody's he's his professional football career is officially over. If you can't follow the rules as a New England Patriot with Bill Belichick as your head coach, then you just you just don't belong in this league. If you're not going to listen to him, you're not going to listen to anybody. So yep. Josh Gordon's done. He's done. He he just he just he just officially you know finished the tombstone of his NFL career. It's over. Um, so that's a guy that that is not going to get another chance. He's had three, four, five chances, and he still can't stay off the off the dope. So don't don't expect to see Josh Gordon ever playing in the NFL again. Uh, but with Kareem I Hunt, take guys, a chance on that guy. That's crazy. But the problem is he can't follow simple rules. He yeah. keeps screwing up. And he and, and I, I believe he, you know, as many times as we've said it, I don't know what other type of help he can get, but he he needs he needs something. Whether it's a mentor or he just needs to, you know, really find a way to just you know, cleanse himself spiritually and in and, and, and every other way to to get him off the damn drugs. It, it, I don't know what else you can do, Sonny. Some guys just, you, you can't help them because they don't want to be helped. Or it's just the, the, the addiction is too overpowering for them and they don't have the mental strength to get over it. And I think Josh Gordon is in that situation right now. Definitely. He's definitely one of those that that can't seem to get out of his own way. We did lose Tarvin there. Um, just to let everybody know. Good to always have Tarvin on. And it is. The poor guy, he, he, he's got babies, so it, it causes you know your show to be at 11 o'clock, turns to 12 to 1 to 2, and then right, we can't even get on. Uh, I understand it. So good, But always good to hear from Tarvin on that. So, um, yeah, I, I look back up on, on the situation with the Kareem Hunt. Um, just more in the fact that, you know, if, if they forget about it or dismiss it, regardless, I, and like you said, Cuervo, it depends on how, quote, unquote, innocent she is. Um, you know, if the NFL takes a stand where her, quote, unquote, innocence is in question, that's going to kill the NFL. This this could be a PR nightmare that I think that they've got to try to avoid as the NFL, which means that you can't let this guy just walk back out on the football field. You just can't. Not for not not right away anyway, Cuervo. Um, mm-hmm. And, and main, main reason is, is that they take a PR hit that would be unbelievable. It doesn't matter if they get – even though – I think if we're honest with each other and everybody's on, if a woman's in your face, man, you should have a right to push her off. Um, but when they're separated, the way the video showed um, and him going after it, it's a guy that doesn't know how to control his emotions because whatever it took for him when they were separated to go, go after her is what's at issue whether she used the N-word or whatever the case may be, which is what's been reported, was what set him off. Uh, he's got to get training for that because look at that young man at the hockey, that young man, uh, the black uh, uh, young man who is uh, playing hockey that was bullied out because of racial slurs. Uh, but he's, uh, he had, uh, I forget, uh, the guy from the Predators, I forget his name, uh, come in direct contact with him and give him a, a pep talk to say, don't, stop playing hockey. Um, 
that's a professionalism as a young man he's got more than than a Kareem Hunt does. So, you know, it's all about what took him over the edge to get him to that point. And that's what he's got to control, Cuervo. Yes, he's got to control his emotions and his temper and what he did and what and and how he did it to her. But there's mm-hmm. that issue within itself that he'll do it. But he also has to look at the reason why it got to that point. And if he ignores that part and says, "I've just never put a hand on a woman again," it's still he still has that hot button that got him to that point. So he's got a couple of things to work on. And I don't think the NFL can afford the, the PR hit on him. Well, again, and I think that's why the investigation is happening, Sonny, because, look, if if we're not going to look at the, the whole picture here and we're just going to say that he's a scumbag for putting his hands on a woman, then I think I think what that does, it creates, it creates a, a – I don't want to say environment, but it creates a, a, a type of, of, I guess, thinking. a mentality, yeah, a way mentality, of thinking yeah. that, that, that women can say or do whatever they want, and if Without a man being, reacts to it, now they can claim, oh, he hit me, and oh, that's domestic violence. And so it's like it's, it's, it's a way for women to get away with being able to speak to a man or, you know, pretty much antagonize a man and Absolutely. they don't have the right to to react to it. So, no, I like. I think we should get your opinion on this. What right, did she Sonny, say? I'm an I think, idiot. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think this is a good opportunity to get an opinion Bring from, from a woman's point of view. Mrs. Quero, I think, might make an appearance if she's okay with it. Um, because I think I really think we need to get a woman's point of view on this. All right. So what we're talking about is domestic violence, and, and it's not even domestic violence between a husband and wife. It's long story short, there was there was a player that uh, was caught on camera. Uh, he pretty much shoved and, and then he kicked the woman in the face. Oh okay. God. Was that his girlfriend or something, or just a random woman? It was a random woman. I don't think it was his girlfriend. No, so it, 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 it was one of his hoes. It, it's one of his. Uh, oh, what do they call them? Posse's. One of his posse. Groupies. Hoes. One of the yeah, groupies. groupies. That's it. Yeah, groupie hoes. <laughs> so yeah, so it was just some random girl that I guess you know he had a fling with or whatever. Okay. So, what? Long story short, he they they showed the video. The team that he was playing for, the Kansas City Chiefs, which, by the way, Cindy, I think I think if any type of punishment Kareem Hunt has faced already, he's he's probably thinking about, damn, that could be me on the field today, and I'm sitting Absolutely. here at home, and, and I don't get to be a part of this, the success that my old team is having. All right, but anyways, back to you. Um, there's an investigation going on because – I'm, I'm, I'm assuming what they're doing is they're they're trying to figure out what led up to that situation in the hotel. It was in a hotel lobby. That's how they caught it on camera. What led to that whole situation where he kicked the girl in the face? Now, my belief is that if you don't investigate it, right, you create a mentality where 
women feel like, oh, it's okay. I can talk, can do whatever I want to a guy. But if he reacts to it, then, oh, oh, he hit me or, you know, it, it, you know he domestic, you know, violent. They can pretty much use that card. So you're, we want to, I want to get your thoughts, and I'm sure Sonny wants to hear it too. Is, I do. You know, basically, is it okay or why, why is it okay that women feel that they can get away with that type of stuff where they can say what they want to a guy, but yet if they react or is it okay for a man to react maybe is the better question. Is it okay for a man to react if, if, if she's antagonizing him, saying things to get, to get a, an emotion out of him, to get a reaction? Call them a racial yet, when, slur. Oh, she, she called him a racial slur. There you go. White That's, woman, black guy, right? Yes. Okay. So. And that triggered him to kick her, I guess, push her and kick her. Yeah, pretty much because she went after him too. Though, that's okay. the other thing. The vid- in the video it shows it shows him kind of going at her, going after him as well, and he reacted to it. Like physically going after him, or she's just verbally going after him. Both physically. Am I right on that? Going both. after. She, okay. Yes, and 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 he, she, she did not make contact with him. The first person to make contact, at least with the video of what we saw, was him to her. So. I mean, I, I mean, there's a lot of crap going on in this. I mean, she probably said yeah. some crazy thing to him and and added a racial slur on it that made it to where mm-hmm. it is. And uh, he reacted to that whole situation. But whatever it was, it, it took him over the edge in reality. So because yeah. he obviously doesn't do this 99.9% of the time every single day it was whatever it was took him over the edge to get him to that point yeah there you go i mean i don't know so i i guess i guess from a woman's point of view like do you think you know wh- why do a lot of people think it's it's okay or should should a man have a right to react when a woman says, you know, racial slurs or, or pretty much does something or says something to piss him off, really. Okay. Um, I, per- I personally, as a female, think that if you're attacking a man like that, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a man. In general, when you're attacking another person, they're going to react. I mean, it's it's Humans, we are humans. We mm-hmm. do have feelings. I mean, I personally think the way, the fact that he hit her and kicked her wasn't right. Um, that it's not right whether it's a female hitting a man or a man hitting a female. Um, the best for me personally, the best thing that a man can do in that type of situation is to just walk away. And I know it's hard because. If somebody's attacking me verbally and mm-hmm. calling me, you know, you, you know, you, you know, retarded Mexican, yeah, it's gonna really make me mad. And I know that, you know, you just want to hit that person because you want to hurt them physically, but it's not the 
right way to do it. Like, I think he personally should have just walked away or maybe called security on her. Um, the fact that, point. yeah, the fact that he hit her, I mean, not only is this going to look bad on him because he is a male, therefore, I mean, he is stronger and than he's her. And a professional athlete. And the fact that, yes, it's going to affect his career on top of that. It's just curious to make him look But I personally, I think, like I said, I mean, just the way things went or in general, like, a female shouldn't do that, you know, to a male. I mean, obviously, like I said, his reaction wasn't the right one. Mm-hmm. He just walked away and or should have called security on her. And that's it. You know? um, either way, what she did was, was wrong, too, because, I mean, really she was being racist towards him. I don't but I don't think that a female should feel that because she's a female, she has the right to, you know, tell guys or antagonize the guy to the point where he's going to get really frustrated. Um, it's not, mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't know why a lot of females think nowadays that, oh, because he hit me, you know, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, nowadays, I mean, women want to be like, like, they want to be the same level nowadays, you know. It's quality. In quality, which, I mean, there are people out there that do make more money than men, that some men do, you know. And, sure. But we're all equal and whatnot, but it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I personally, I mean, the way, from what it sounds like, it, it should be just possible, you know. Females never think that it's okay to push a guy to that limit where he's going to react because like I said, at the end of the day, we are humans and it's a natural instinct to react, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's wrong either way. Female doing it to a male or a male doing it to a female is just wrong. Do you, think, do you think there's a double standard when it comes to domestic violence that you know, we look at it we look at it different. So if it's a man, you know, uh hitting a woman, you know, we, we automatically we're like, Okay, he's a dog crap. And that's how that's that's the general consens consensus uh uh in America is that a man hits a woman, he's a dog crap. Right. You know, and it's domestic violence. What about on the other side? How how do you think it's looked at if a woman was to hit a man and backs off. My my thought is, well, you know, he my a lot of people feel like, well, you know, he's weak or, you know, he's a you know, he he's um he's not a he's not a real man if he doesn't do that. But why do you think that that double standard is there when it comes to the Me personally me personally I think that that's wrong. Um people think that, you know, a, a female being, you know, violent towards a male, it's like, oh, they oversee that. And, and I really hate that. And I hate the fact that even, like, if a man reports by my wife, to this day, you know, people laugh at it because it's like, oh, you're a man. You can just hit her back and, you know, you're strong. And she is, but it's not. No, that's not the. It's not the 
different way. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the law, it should be the same versus uh, a female being violent towards a male, you know, just like the same it is a male being violent towards a female because a female can just can just as well inflict a lot of damage to a male the same way that a male can to a female. Yeah, we may not be, you know, as strong. Some females may not be as strong as their partner, but there are ways to hurt be you know violent towards them there's items that you can use to be violent towards them so it's the same thing like for example you know when um you know a father it's like you know in a relationship where it's like oh the child is like the mother's giving priority for you know with a child it's like well what makes you think that she's better than than he is sometimes you know the father makes more money is a better person and it's a better fit to have that child but because oh that's the mom the child has to be with the mom and what is she good like she's an unfit mother you know that this, it's stuff like that that I feel like we have a long way where you know it's everybody's seen and treated the same, just like I said, but like to me personally, I don't agree with that when it comes to the law, like that the men get made fun of because, you know, they're in a domestic violence relationship. That's just wrong. It's wrong because, you know, like I said, a female can inflict just as much pain and just as much damage to a male and the same thing with a male to a female. And to me personally, it should all be the same. A female should be treated the same as the male because, hey, isn't that what you want, quality? You know, you, you want to be like that. So, you know what? The law can fall on you the same as it does right. for a male. So, you know, you, and that's the way I see it. Me, personally, that's how I see it. If you hit a man and you're inflicting, you know, pain on him and he reports you, guess what? Then you should go to jail. You should serve the same time that a male would serve if he was beating up on a woman. Absolutely. Do the time, right? Exactly. It should be the same. It shouldn't be any different. Women should not, just because you're a female, oh, it doesn't mean, oh, feel sorry for them because they're a female and because, oh, you know, oh, they're, 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 they're you know, weaker. No. I don't know. Because right. The same. You want to be one of violence towards a male? Then, like just like you said, then you gotta do the sign. Sure. Same amount, and, you know. It's sad, but you know, I see now, and and men are treated more roughly than than women are, you know, with any type of, you know, even with you know abuse towards children. Like men pay more, you know, they're in, in prison longer than than females are. Why? It shouldn't matter. A crime is a crime, whether performed by a female or a male, at the end of the day, the result is exactly the same. Absolutely. Okay. Anything else you want to say? Absolutely. Any questions for Mrs. Cuervo? No, no, she explained it, and, I, and she kind of went the way I thought she would. I, the only thing I would say is, uh, as far as that's concerned, domestic balance, a man should never hit a woman. It, I think it's more acceptable, not maybe acceptable, but I think there's more reasoning on why a woman would, be, would hit a man. 
that would be more in question than it would be the opposite way around. Because if a man hits a woman, he's going to jail. But if a woman hits a man, they're investigating on how and why it happened in the first place. So at least that's my my get on most of it, okay? Everyone I see, if a man puts a hand on a woman, he's going to jail. It's just the way it is. But if a woman does it to a man, they're more interested in why she did it. And then the decision whether or not she would be taken to jail would be there. It's not, in other words, it's not as automatic as it is for a man when a woman does it. And I agree with Mrs. Cuervo. It shouldn't be that way. Once it happens, she should be uh, going to jail as quick as a guy should. But it doesn't necessarily work out that way. That's why it gets back to the double standard. Yeah. Was that, by the way, was that the premiere of Mrs. Cuervo on this show? You've been doing the show eight years. That was the premiere. No, we've had her on before. We have? Yes. It's been a while, okay. but uh, she's been on before. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's just I, I, my short-term memory. You know, I can't remember. You know, CRS, can't remember crap. Um, so, you know. It is what it is, but I'm glad that she got on because she made some valid points through the whole thing. I'm sitting here listening to her, my head shaking. Yes, through the whole thing, what she's saying. Yep, yep, that's yep, that's exactly yep, that's so. Always good to have Mrs. Cuervo on the show. Yeah, always. I just thought it'd be a good idea to get a woman's point of view because you know, like I, it's like I asked her. I was, I honestly feel like there's a double standard when it comes to I domestic do. violence. You know, uh, uh, a man man hits a woman, he's a scumbag, you know, and, and he, get, he gets thrown in jail right away. A woman does it to yep. a man, you know, now, oh, she's a victim, and she was defending herself. And there's yep. a reason, like you said, there's a reason why it happened. And, you know, we're, we're finding reasons to, to excuse a woman from hitting a man. Absolutely. Absolute should not be that way. But you're right. I think there is that double standard. But but here's one thing I will tell you, and, and this is because I got experience, not because of domestic violence. I accidentally ran into a football player in the indoor games that we cover, and I accidentally bumped into the guy. I'm telling you I was in pain. My whole body was in pain for three days. These guys are built like, you know, you know, like nobody's business. I mean, all they are is one great big human rock in reality. So when so, when you get hit by that and you are a woman that's a buck oh five, obviously the damage is going to be more from a guy who's 230 and is a rock, maybe even bigger depending on what position they play. Uh, you know, obviously the damage is going to be more to the woman regardless of the situation because of just physics in reality. So, you know, I, I see I see both sides of it, but yeah, I, I'm with Mrs. Querbon. Almost everything she said, I was just shaking my head yes through the whole thing. So I, I'm glad she was able to come on. And I'm glad we did get the woman's point of view. Oh, you know, and that's what we bring to the show, Sonny. You know, we we try to bring diversity. We try to bring different points of view. You know, maybe something that you won't hear. Uh, you know, on on the uh, on the flagship stations, as we call it. But, uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're just, we're just regular, we're just regular people. And, you know, we, we do this for fun. We don't get paid to have opinions and we don't write scripts as you mentioned before. 
yeah. what we tell, what we say That's is what not makes us so great, by the way. Uh, uh, I, and here's the thing: even if we got that gig I was talking about, we wouldn't change how we approach a uh, approach a, a show. So I, I think yeah. that's another big thing right there. We wouldn't change anything we've done. So and we and yeah, eight years. You know, in April, uh, you came on. I think it was like May. I met you in April, and you came uh-huh. on your first show was like a month later or something like that. So, um, but uh, you've been doing it for eight years. Yeah, we never 2010. Now, yeah, 2010. Yeah, 2010. Correct. Yeah, almost yep. nine years so, now. Almost nine years. So, and yeah, it, it, it's been one hell of a ride, and we're we're about ready to hit the big 1-0 in February for the show per se. So, um, it, it's been good. So. Always good to have Mrs. Square Bowl on. The game's already started. Saints uh, have the ball. Uh, thirteen uh, and a half left to go here in for well thirteen forty-seven. So that's where we are. So we ready to enjoy the day of football? Yeah. Well, I have one more thing to talk about, Sonny, but we can always oh, save well, that for tomorrow. Hit, let me hit that button there. Go ahead. That's right. We you said you wanted to talk about one thing before we got and we brought in Miss Square Bowl. What was the other thing? Yeah, so just real quick, and we can, like I said, we could talk about it a lot more in depth tomorrow. But speaking of domestic violence, uh, for those that may have forgotten, uh, I wish I wish Tarvin was still on, but uh, he was a former Carolina Panther. He was a Dallas Cowboy for a year or two. But uh, for those that subscribe to the ESPN Plus uh, uh, on their phone or whatever, five bucks a month. It's it's not a bad deal, um, but I. I, I canceled mine just because I don't watch, I don't use it enough. But anyways, they did uh, they did UFC last night on there. It was the first time that ESPN did it, uh, and the the co-main event was former NFL player Greg Hardy. So for those that may have forgotten him, he actually you know had a domestic violence charge uh, that was dropped uh, after yeah. investigation and all that stuff. Uh, long story short, the NFL or teams did want nothing to do with him anymore. So he pretty much ironically uh, turned to the UFC uh, as a, a second profession. Nice catch by Kamara. Um, yes, it was. So he turned, he turned to the, turned to the uh, UFC as, as a new profession. So he fought last night, and unfortunately he was disqualified for an illegal knee to the face. Uh, and I, and I didn't know this cause I don't watch enough UFC, but the rule is that if, uh, if a per, if, if a fighter is even has one, uh, uh, one, uh, you know, uh, more than just their feet on the ground. So if they have a knee or their hand is on the ground, you cannot, uh, knee them that way. He did it. He got disqualified. It was really unfortunate because not only did he lose the fight, but I think because of his reputation, Sonny, for for the domestic violence charges and that stuff, people are starting to question, well, did he do it on purpose or was it just that he was in the heat of the moment and he thought he had an opportunity, an advantage to, you know, make a quick strike and, and, and get the win? Well, you know, the referee disqualified him, and that was it. So, uh, you know, and we can continue the conversation tomorrow. I just wanted to bring that up and see what you got, what your thoughts were on, just, you know, something like that Just off the like top of my head, and, 
I don't, I don't know. By the way, Greg Hardy also played indoor football for um, for seven games, just to let you know, in a different league, not my league, but in differently played indoor football. But that having been said, um, I, I think the fact that a lack of experience, that not necessarily knowing the rule, um, in that in that world of inside the cage where almost any rules don't apply. Um, he probably just didn't necessarily know the rule. I'd give that to him because of the the lack of experience of being in the octagon and not necessarily knowing the rules per se, um, compared to obviously knowing the rules of football like he does. He should know them. Um, going into a different sport completely, uh, I can see how that, him not necessarily knowing the rule and then going to do it, I, I don't think I would hold that against Greg Hardy, but I I get what you're talking about. People look at it and say, well, look at his back, you know background. You know, you know, he's more did he do it on purpose kind of thing. I get why people would say that. And th- there's the double-edged sword on that part. Um, you know, the double standard. You know, is he just a violent dude, or did he just not know the rules? Will he get the benefit of the doubt of not knowing the rules? Is going to be the big question there. Yeah, and that's what I said, too. I'm like, you know, look, it's only his fourth professional fight. And for him to get a big, uh, to be on the main event so fast, like that was that was big for him. That was that was his yeah. way. Of, that was an opportunity for him to, uh, you know, just, just kind of clean up his, his, his name a little bit and his reputation. Um, you know, and then that happened. He got disqualified, so... You know, now it's like, do people still look at him as a, as a big scumbag? When did that Was that last night? That was last night. That was last It'll be night, interesting yes. to hear what, what Stephen A. has to say. Because they, they're going to cover it. Oh, he already. Well, without oh, he, question. He was, he was part of the uh, uh, of the uh, the commentary last night. He was there. Cause it was I didn't know Brooklyn, that. You know. Yeah, it was, so, so the fights were at the uh, – the, um, Barclays? I forgot the name of the – yeah, the Barclays in Brooklyn. I think that's where the Nets play, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, uh, correct. Um, but he was—I mean, he's from New York, so he was there, and uh, he pretty much, from what it sounded like, he kind of gave Greg Hardy a small benefit of the doubt just because of his lack of experience. And, and, and I agree. I think I think lack of experience played a part. Now, when they interviewed Greg Hardy after the fight, he's like, "Look, I was aware. I'm aware of the rule." Um, but he just got caught up in the moment, uh, pretty much. He said, and once he once he did it, he realized what happened, and that was it. Ooh, he almost had that. Uh, looks yeah, like the Saints are going to be kicking a field goal, Sonny. Yeah. So, uh, assuming Good he makes the kick, it's going to be three nothing. Good hold for the Rams on the defensive side of the ball, there, Cuervo. Yeah, yeah, and and that was that was my thing. I think uh, I think the tight ends are going to play a big part in this game because Michael Thomas yeah. is getting all the attention, um, you know, and and he and he went straight for the tight end right there. I think I think you're going to see more of that in this game. But uh, 37 yard field goal attempt for Will Lutz. We'll see if it goes through. I'm I'm pretty I'm assuming it's it's going to go through. But yeah. right then again, the I middle, thought but Cody the... Parkey was going to make his kick too. So there you go. <laughs> Right down the middle, and Cuervo, just to let you know, uh, at, you know, more than the fact that's a win for the Rams. 
When you get, when you don't have when you only oh. have three on the board and not seven, that's a huge win for the defense on the side of the ball. Because if you were talking about the Rams, one of the questions that you had about them is, will they be able to stop that offense? And they they did. Giving up three is a, is definitely a win. Yeah, anytime you can hold the Saints to three, uh, that that's a win. I mean, you, because Absolutely. the Saints, the Saints, the Saints are a. I mean, they're a scoring machine. Matter of fact, did you know, Sonny, that uh, the four teams that are left are the four highest scoring teams in the NFL this year? So, what that tells you is that the old old, uh, saying that defense wins championships may not be the case anymore. Well, at least for this year, because I'm still going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Because whenever things like that happen, like when they have a burst of offense, the defensive coordinators figure it out. And it might take a year, it might take two, but usually those defensive coordinators figure it out. So I I get what you're talking about. But this year, I think that I mentioned it earlier, I think this year is the year where you can see those kind of things actually work new school, running quarterback, things like that. I think they can happen this year if it happens. It's got to be this year because um, the defense coordinators will figure them out too soon. So it, it'd be interesting. But yep, you think exactly. about it, Claire, Bo, you talk about if the Rams win and if Kansas City wins today, if you kind of get those, you got the two uh, uh, young school quarterbacks going at it. Um, with uh, running with a running mentality compared to Breeze and uh, compared to uh, um, and uh, compared to Brady, you know the, the traditional drop back quarterback. I, I mean, I personally want to see Saints uh, Patriots because that's what football is my definition. But with the new school and the way that it's going, it would not shock me whatsoever. That we that we saw the Rams and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Well, I'll tell you what, Sonny. I think a lot of people are looking forward to if that happens. You know, obviously the rematch between the Saints and the or the Chiefs and the Rams because yeah. that Monday night game was amazing. <laughs> and I and I I remember half of it. I was unfortunately I was sick as a dog uh, when that game happened. Um, I remember because I was upset that. You know, when I heard the next morning about how good it was, I was like, I was, you know, all all up on cough medicine and you yep. know, Benadryl and whatever else I was taking to try and feel better, and I missed out on a good game. But um, I think a lot of people want to see that rematch. I personally don't think it's going to happen, as I predicted. My I made my picks earlier, uh, but uh, but would I be would I be upset if it happened? No, absolutely no. not. If they if they if there could be an encore from that game, uh, I, I wouldn't be mad one bit. Definitely. All right, man, we did it. We knocked it out. We'll talk about probably Greg Hardy a little bit tomorrow as, as we do that. We'll do that sure. at 3 o'clock Central Standard Time, 1 o'clock over your time, 4 o'clock for uh, uh, Tarvin. So we'll do that tomorrow uh, afternoon. We'll catch everybody on the Couch Potato Sports Show on Monday. Check us out then tomorrow after the game's here today. We'll talk about what we see. Everybody have a good day. We're out of here. Bye-bye.